Hello everyone, Eric Watson here, freelance writer, player of games, writer of horror, quarter videos, and at tabletop role-playing aficionado. Welcome to Patron D&D, where platinum-level patrons and I get together to play Dungeons & Dragons via Discord and Roll20. These sessions are entirely supported by patrons at patreon.com slash roguewatson. Patrons also get exclusive access to private videos, custom 5e content, and participate in monthly DM roundtables and these Patreon D&D games. These games are not live streamed, but are recorded for your viewing pleasure. You can watch more D&D sessions, reviews, and crafting streams on the YouTube channel. Read recaps at roguewatson.com. Listen to all of these shows with the Rogue Watson podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. You can join our official Discord server with the invite link in the description below. Our music is by Kevin McLeod, and amazing original character art was done by Jimmy McClure. Welcome to Chapter 4, Episode 3 of our Empire of the Ghouls campaign, designed by Richard Green and published by Cobalt Press. This session, I'm joined by patrons Brandon playing Bon Me, the Cobalt Bard College of Whispers. Hello. Christopher playing Rai, the Shadow Fae Black Powder Sorcerer. Hello. John playing Torben, the Bear Folk Ancestral Guardian Barbarian. Hi there. Stan, a bit frozen, but we still love him, playing Alaric, the Dampier Death Domain Cleric slash Bard. Greetings. And introducing Amit playing Snips, the Catfolk Swashbuckler Rogue Slash Fighter. Hello. Previously on Empire of the Ghouls. Continuing their journey through the Shadow Realm, the party happened upon an odd caravan of merriment. Everyone but Io was seduced by the good food, drink, and company, and half woke up the next day with wicked hangovers and the revelers nowhere in sight. The Shadow Road then led to an inky black river. Before they could test the waters, creepy fae children emerged from the forest. The party unleashed a volley of powerful spells to keep them at bay, though Bon would fall in the river and become shadow-tinged. After the fight, the party didn't want to risk crossing the dark waters. Io polymorphed Torben into a giant eagle, and he ferried the party, the party safely to the sparse grassland on the other side. On the other side of the river, the shadow road ended at a circle of standing stones. A group of Shadowfey and Darakul waited for them, led by Malia the Enchantress, who first interrogated them. She confessed that she had been spying on them, and that her boss, the Moonlit King, is allied with the Ghoul Imperium, and the party must never leave the Shadow Realm alive. A large battle broke out. Torb Eagle dive-bombed into the middle of the enemy, while the others were stymied by hidden hunting traps, forcing them to attack and support from a distance, firing off lightning bolts, summoning scarab swarms, and hasting the raging barbarian. Eventually, Malia was forced to surrender to save herself. She revealed how to open the gate, allowing the party to return to Midgard and their destination. Also, I think we kept her alive, is what we decided. It was, it was after like a four-hour session, so I think we were all kind of bleary-eyed about uh, the various state of uh, her, but I think we were going to leave her behind. <laughs> and Rai, however your date went with Selvin is entirely up to you, um, which happened, I think, two sessions ago that you had disappeared for <laughs> I mean, it was so wild. I uh, I leveled up, right? So that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, uh, you know, but hanging out the Fay was uh, I, I learned I learned a new trick. So I uh, can't I can't wait to um, break that out later. Yeah, I am terrified. You and uh, Stan uh, Alaric are probably the ones I'm most scared of when it comes to level ups in terms of bringing out the things like all the new Cobalt Press spells that I've never heard of and have to learn about and am instantly terrified of. But uh, I'm also excited I, in a scary way. I will way. just say Alaric has a new title. You can, make, you can be referred to him as Emissary. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> he was the prophet of Wotan. He is now the Emissary. Oh, that's, that's, that sounds like an upgrade. 
Built around a natural oasis and aided by elemental magic, the City of Gardens is the largest settlement of the Sarkland Desert. Oh, I need to put you guys on the map, actually. I, You know, our old map, um, which I'll put you on that one for a brief second so um, I can see that one, um, is so big, taken from the Cobalt Press website, but does not even come close to covering the area that you're in now. We'd have to zoom way out and go way farther, which is hilarious how the Cobalt Press Midgard map is literally like, there's Europe, there's like Eastern Europe, there's Africa down here. Like, it's just very literally, they didn't try to obfuscate it too much. But you guys have transported all the way down to what would probably be like North Africa, which is pretty dang far. So now you're on this map in the city of Sual. Built around a natural oasis and aided by elemental magic, the City of Gardens is the largest settlement of the Sarkland Desert and one of only three free cities of the Southlands independent of the River Kingdom. Buildings, streets, and even the high walls surrounding the city are lined with beautiful gardens and fruit trees. Sand ships glide silently through the massive gate, bringing goods from across the desert, while camel caravans make their way through the crowded city streets. Humans are the most common folk, but it's not unusual to see cat folk, gnolls, or heru, also known as raven folk, walking the streets, peddling wares, and sharing stories. You all, uh, minus Snips, who's not with you right now, and you don't know him, uh, step through the Shadow Realm gateway and are hit by a warm gust of air filled with exotic spices and incense. The welcoming, rich aroma is a shocking contrast to the cold darkness from before. You've arrived in what appears to be a small, empty park with several palm trees around a fountain. It's early evening, and the bustle of the city is beginning to fade. So bright! Ah! <laughs> it is. It, I did mention it's early evening, but it's certainly brighter than, uh, I guess, the Shadow Realm would be. I still have the Dark Vision eyes. Uh, yes, you do have some bit of, what do we call it, Shadow... Madness, Shadow Curse? I forget what the terminology was. Uh, I wrote down Shadow Corruption. Shadow Corruption. <laughs> that was the third thing I was going to say. Uh, yes, you do still feel that, but you feel like being out of the Shadow Realm is probably the best thing for you. <laughs> well, although your character is really into it, so I don't know. Yeah, maybe. He, was, he was digging it. Yeah, yeah. you were kind of digging it. <laughs> but maybe yeah, you We currently... can go through withdrawal symptoms together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't understand why you'd want to leave that place. It's uh, it's pretty. That's comfortable in the shadows. <clears throat> Out here with all the sand, I don't know. It is hot though. I like it. Image I was going to show you all, and I just now remember to upload it. You said sand ships. Yes. Ships that glide along the shifting sands over the seas of the desert. Can you guys see that picture? Yeah. I'm thinking like Super Mario with the uh, the cactus things. <laughs> it's exactly like Super Mario. Uh, and it's pretty empty around this area. It's Like I said, it's early evening. The city seems to be kind of, you know, the bustle is fading down and... Uh, it, it's certainly the the sounds and noises are very apparent because in the shadow realm was very eerily quiet and had just the occasional terrifying scream or something. But here it's just a normal. In fact, um, 
Vaughn, you're probably, even though the the contrast between going from the Shadow Realm to here is, is a shock, this feels more In like Zobek. Zobek. Yeah. yeah, than any other uh because you just really haven't been in a big city, basically. Uh almost since then. So I have something called court functuary. Your knowledge of how bureaucracies function lets you gain access to records and inner workings of noble courts and governments that I encounter. I know who the movers and shakers are, whom to go for for favors that we might seek, and current intrigues of interest in the group are. Um, I'm not necessarily looking for anything necessarily specific, but like I don't remember who we were, like as a player, I don't remember who we were supposed to be going to seek out. Sure. Um, would court functionary give me any idea into like the do's and don'ts of the city? Um, you feel like you would need to talk to a local. Um, it, this, this place is so, it, it, it's so far removed from what you would know in your culture that, okay. uh, you would, but, but your court functionary would allow you to talk to a local and be able to get that information, um, fairly easily. Although you being a cobalt would still be, um, you imagine Out with this norm. very, yeah, this very sun, sunny area, um, there's not too many kobolds uh, yeah. around. And, and not necessarily would be met with hostility, but more like just kind of su surprise at like seeing you, even though it's a very, uh, certainly a melting pot style city. But, but the, the idea is, uh, you said seawall, seawall, how do I pronounce it? Uh, seawall is how I've been doing it, yeah. Seawall. So, um, it's so exotic that it's not really come across anything that I've experienced before, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, and it's even like, um, like environment and weather and just everything is pretty far removed from what um, you're used to. Uh, all of you will, re will remember uh, you journeyed here specifically to look up um, people called Gravebinders because a the Archduke, whom you have been uh, escorting for some time and were allied with, uh, has been kidnapped while you guys were off doing chapter three and uh, reports say that he has been taken into the under world <laughs> to remember not to say the one that's the D and D one, um, which is just lousy with undead. They basically just rule the court down there. It's like if it's drow in the underdark, it is like the undead in the underworld. And, your allies have basically said, don't try to go down there and be like foolhardy heroes. It just is not going to work well without some kind of magical stealth or protection or something that's going to um, enable you to move among them. And then the dwarf allies that you had, specifically um, the sage recalled that she had met someone who had traveled very far from this city and was a Gravebinder and told stories of how they have this um, uh, balance between the living and the dead uh, in the city. And uh, that's something that, based on that lead, which is a pretty far-fetched lead, that something uh, somebody from a long time ago basically said this, and here's what happened in this city. You guys have journeyed all the way to this location to try to basically follow up on that one little tidbit of information. Um so and it is almost like said, the witching hour, right? Like where I was about to say two things going through Alaric's mind. Cards. One, it's almost night, which means the undead are gonna come out. And two, do I know anything about gnolls? 
Um, do you know anything about gnolls? Uh, gnolls are uh, not uncommon in this area. Um, not exactly. But I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from I'm from grasslands up of Krakovar. Yeah, cavalry. I'm not used to desert jackal. No, like, yeah, it's, like like I said, a lot. It's very, very different for a lot of you. Like you, you, a lot of you may have seen like one or two of these other kind of uh, races in, um, like around Zobek, especially would be like one area. Krakowar probably even less so. Um, so it's very much like uh, you are just the 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 farm kids coming to the big city, going, "Oh my god!" Like looking around at everybody and, and checking everything out. Um, it's definitely a bit of a culture shock. Although on the other hand, you know, a lot of you are happy to be out of the shadow realm for sure. Like that's that was a well, except for Rai. I guess only half of you then, because Rai <laughs> is a shadow fae and Vaughn is just a weirdo who doesn't like the sun and light. So Yeah, in fact, he's I'm I'm pulling up my cowl even more right now and trying to hide right. where I haven't been. Right, well Torben, Torben is happy to be back in the sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, definitely. <laughs> Your companions, not so sure. But yes, evening time is a, is uh, approaching. Um, you do see, um, as you guys start moving just somewhere, basically, out, trying to find your way out of this park and more into the, uh, the city itself, you see a black feathered avian creature seemingly materialize out of a nearby alley. Uh, alley. And... Uh, some of you may have heard of the the Heru, uh, also known as the Raven Folk, uh, which are again kind of a rare creature, not often found around here, uh, or, or uh, more often found here than other areas. But even here, they're pretty rare. And he puts a hand over his chest and bows respectfully, and says, "Good fortune, travelers. My name is Perch. I cannot help but see you are foreigners without a guide." One can quickly get lost in such a big city, or worse. May I offer my humble services? All I ask is a single gold piece to help you to your destination. Can I incite him to see if we're going to die due to this arrangement or not? <laughs> sure, you sure I was going to say, Bond waits for the first person to start to like pull out for gold, and he smacks their hand. Do it! <laughs> <laughs> My God, look at this! That's nine insight. Holy moly! Um, y you know it's it's tricky to read a uh, a bird folk, but you can kind of see by the uh, by the way, like twitches <laughs> his head a little bit, and maybe a little bit of feather movement, and you get the feeling that um, it's almost the uh, the person equivalent of like a little bit of like sweat you know, coming down or somebody feeling a little bit, um, uh, you know, nervous basically, instead of just somebody coming up to talking to you. Um, it definitely feels like he's got some kind of ulterior motives. They'll lead you to a back alley and beat you up. Are you saying this out loud or sidebar? <laughs> Absolutely out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Um, with that, he has um, the good graces to look affronted. <laughs> <laughs> we may be new to your city, but we are no fools. Consider us naive at your own peril. What do you want with us? 
he takes a step back almost um, subconsciously uh, intimidated, but uh, he says, Oh, you've got it all wrong. It's what I can do for you, of course. I just, uh, you look like you have uh, just uh, stepped off the wrong camel. Please, uh, tell tell parts where you need to go, and I can help bring you there. Alark just looks at Bond. Say the word, I end him. He's yours. No, 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 we don't need to cause more trouble when we just show up. We just keep walking, okay? <laughs> just keep walking. Murder <laughs> the first person that talks to us. Surely we'll find someone else. Let's just get I just came walk. out of a fight where I was had carrion beetles on a Darakul. It's literally where I just came from. Yeah. No. I haven't calmed down from that last fight yet. Sorry, Perch, we just don't have any to spare. I am I left my other coin purse in the Shadow Realm. Um, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll catch you next time I come through, though. Um, he looks very saddened and says, That is most unfortunate, friends. Uh, but otherwise, he just kind of steps back and, and kind of bows respectfully. And uh, you all can... Uh, walk through the quickly uh, darkening streets. Um, you quickly realize it is a absolute maze, like coming out of this park. Whoever put this uh, gateway to the Shadow Realm did not quite put you like in front of a Hilton or something. It is it is just alleys and like just closed shops and weird stores. Like you're just not sure like where the hell are you supposed to be going. You're not supposed to, sure if you're trying to find um, an inn or a tavern or uh, something. Um, and you all start trying to wander through the streets and then um, go ahead and everybody roll perception for me. Uh, four of you. <laughs> That's right. Get these good rolls out of the way now. Bastards. <laughs> 20 plus. All right, Bond's at least distracted. <laughs> well, you should be happier with the sun going down. <clears throat> not as not as sensitive. Uh, Rye and Torben, you've got your heads on a swivel, and you can see that um, as you all head through one particular uh, street that turns, and you immediately turn down this street and go, oh, this is... Like, you could see the dark alley in front, and you're like, this is not a good situation. And then immediately, uh, Rye and Torben, you can look up and see, like, the little bit of, like, dust, like, kind of falling from above, and you snap up, and you can see several figures um, on the edge of the building uh, above you with, like, bows drawn and aimed... And at that moment, several of more of these raven folk come uh, stalking out of the uh, alleyway in front of you. And perches, of course, one of them and says, I wish we could have done this a little easier, my friends. But now we shall try doing this the hard way. All right, Alric. <laughs> As you wish. <laughs> And I'm going to have all of you roll initiative. Meanwhile, Amit, your character uh, has been tracking 
this particular group and seeing what they're all about, uh, what their latest mark is. And it appears to be this group of very well-armed and look like very experienced adventurers. And you are currently planted... uh, The others don't know this, but uh, you are currently planted on top of one of the buildings behind hiding from uh, some of the archers. You also note that this particular group seems to have several trained monkeys with them. And And you have heard that it's not uh, super rare to uh, have thieves have monkeys with them. (laughs) It's literally just fucking a boo from Aladdin. Um, I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Steal steal shit from... (laughs) Uh, just people in the marketplace or something like they'll just use them as uh, thieves. Like it's just there's a whole monkey. I guess they're like cats in Sewol. Okay. And you see there's uh, this arm breakout. Do I? Do I? Am I able to kind of discern looking at this party? I mean, I would I would suspect I've seen many people come and go in town. Anything to compare them to? Are they are they better off in terms of how? Equipped they are, their poise, anything like that, that I can just tell by monitoring them. These, they look like they are stronger than what local adventures would be. You probably know, especially at your level, um, you are, in fact, you are of a level that uh, you've now adventured well beyond the city, right? You've gone all over. You're pretty well versed in this region. And they look like they're pretty close to your level of expertise, where they've seen some shit, they've gone, you know, they've traveled a long time. None of them look like they're from the Southlands whatsoever. Um, But yeah, they look like they're more than just like local heroes. And you probably know all the local heroes, and a lot of them probably look up to you and tell stories about you. And yet, you also are experienced with like this group of, um, particular group of thieves. Yeah. I uh, I suspect this is one of you know their habitual shakedowns that they do almost like a hazing thing for new adventurers. So I'm just smiling and just sit back and I'm like, all right, let's see how this one shakes out. <laughs> all right, so because you guys um, turned down the uh, the escort. And we're not, they weren't able to basically launch a surprise attack because you guys were able to see them ahead of time. There is no surprise round here, so it's just flat uh, initiative. But we've got some of the Raven folk going first. Let's turn on some fight music. And thankfully, through the magic of level up, you all were able to fully heal from the last encounter. <laughs> Uh, so they still haven't noticed Snip, so they will look at firing down, and I think you guys can see a little bit up. Okay. Did just... you want me to roll initiative too, Eric? I wasn't sure. Uh, yes, please. Yeah, go ahead and roll initiative. All right. uh, what you cool. ch- what you do during the fight is completely up to you, obviously, but uh, giving you a situation, and you are certainly part of this uh, combat encounter. But as of right now, you have you know about them because you've been tracking them, the, the party, the same as you've been tracking the, this uh, ambushing team of Raven folk. The party is n- completely unaware of your existence. Is the situation currently? Okay. All right. So you know some Raven folk are white feathered and armed with uh, longbows, and they just start. 
peppering down. Let's see who they're targeting. Bond, of course. How high up are they? Uh, They are on a uh, a building that is. uh, We'll say it's we'll say a low building. So I'll just say ten feet high. Okay. Uh, So firing down uh, at Bond. A 19. Six piercing damage. Shunk. And then you see a black feathered warrior comes out and he's got a uh, a spear that's engraved with runes. Uh, and he runs up and even though they are flightless, they're like uh, Kenku, basically. They're bird people, but they don't have the, the wings like Arakokra do from uh, Forgotten Realms. Um, it suddenly manifests these like spectral uh, bird wings um, on its back, and it beats them uh, vigorously. And I need... Uh, Torben Alaric to give me a dexterity saving throw. As it basically kicks up a bunch of sand and shit in your face. Alright, you're supposed to be done with the good with the good uh, rolls. Alright, wow, both of you make the save easily. You shield your eyes against the sandstorm uh, being produced, and then it takes its uh, spear and attempts to jab it. Let's see who's going to target. Whoops, I'm not sure resting. <laughs> uh, Alaric. But nope. not going to hit with that terrible roll. Uh, misses wildly while it tries to put its spectral wings away. Vaughn! So, when we walked up, do I remember... Hang on, we got... uh, uh, I didn't realize. (laughs) So, uh, Snips actually had rolled... Cool. uh, So, I totally didn't see that. Yeah, but it didn't update it when you rolled it for me. Um, Let's go ahead and do your turn. Uh, What do you want to do with uh, Snips on the roof, seeing now these guys attacking... Uh, the other party. Um, I'll go ahead and pull out my short bow, stay where I am. Uh, I won't move using my steady aim feature. And I will go ahead and target um, one of the, the ravens right at the at the edge. Here. Okay. Um, so let's just say the top, the top one. Oh, I forgot to give them numbers, didn't I? My bad. Uh, that is an 18. That does hit. Alright. Do I get... Is this back towards me? Would I get sneak attack on this guy? Yes, yes. You you literally were doing the hidden, like, Assassin's Creed shit. You were following them, and you've been hiding this whole time, and now that you waited for them to... Their backs are completely to you, and you unload with a very heroic uh, shot in the back yourself. Yeah, and with yeah. steady aim, that gives you advantage, so you're going to get your sneak attack like all day long. That's true. Yeah, so that's 
That's 22 points of damage. Oh my goodness. You put an arrow right in its spine. It gives a sudden jolt and it nearly stumbles over. Blood comes pooling out of its, uh, from behind its armor. And suddenly they are both these ones on the roof suddenly snap their heads back and begin squawking. Um, in, uh, yeah, and you can see them. Their, their feathers are all ruffling up and, and you would know, Snips, that the, uh, uh, the Heru communicate, they can communicate silently with just a little bit of feather movement, basically. Almost like a, a thieves can't, but for uh, the raven folk. But clearly they're trying to signal to the others that uh, you are here. <laughs> Alright. Um, I'm going to go ahead and move uh, right here. That's 30 feet. Okay. And that's me. Okay. Uh, Bonds, the rest of you may may or may not be fully aware of what's happening on the roof right now. Because um, it's hard for you guys don't have, you barely have visibility of the guys above you. Um, so I'll leave it up to Snips whether he wants to announce himself or as the battle plays out, they may realize things are happening, but... <laughs> Um, do we to, did we hear anything up there when they were moving around, or are they what's happening in the rooftops is like completely unknown? No, it's known because of the perception check I had you roll initially. So you know that there were there were okay. like movement up there, and then obviously there now they were um, approaching and now starting to shoot down. So you're definitely aware that there are enemies okay. up there. What you're not aware of is that one of the enemies just got shot in the back by another uh, entity up there, basically. Oh, we hear scuffling, essentially, in general. Yeah, Yeah. it's the subtitles, like, scuffling. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bond's going to cast Hypnotic Pattern. Um, Oh, I love that spell. Let me let me take let me take another step back, actually, before I do it. I don't remember, like, a close stairwell, right? Like, everything's... I, I can kind of see a stairwell around that corner, but I can't tell if that would be blocking my line of sight. Um, um this you... is this is an upper end that's not quite up on the other story. It's like maybe a halfway. It's like the stairs that go up on this one. Yeah. So you have okay. to like climb up onto that area. Okay. Yeah. Then I'm just gonna go ahead and cast hypnotic pattern. Um and I will put it in the chat. And then I'm gonna well okay. I didn't realize clicking it does the same thing. My new spell save DC is a seventeen. Um, because we had a proficiency uh, bonus. Oh, bonus. no. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, if I go right to the edge there, and I don't see anything for sure, but I kind of just tell everybody, uh, like, look down. Can you see that? Yes. I think that's a 30-foot cube, right? It, yes. God, 30-foot cube is it too long? gigantic. Maybe, maybe it's... See, I don't know how... I mean, if it means I can't it's see the, 30... I can't see the squares, so I, I don't I don't know for sure, but I'm thinking oh, that's a 30-foot yeah. square. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Yeah, that's six squares. Yep, yeah. Okay, so that's what I, that's where I would like to put it. Okay. Hitting literally everything. <laughs> All right, wisdom save. The DC 17. My macro has not been working in the other game. I wonder if it works on this one. Maybe it stopped working altogether. For no damage. Ah, it worked in this time. Okay. 
Uh, oh, well, we've got a few decent three saves. Four saves. Oh, in there. No. It's half. Yeah, actually, it's half. Alright, so. This one is. I'll use this whole symbol. This one fails. That one's okay. That one fails. Bond takes out like a little chem light and snaps it, and then like uh, just kind of like flips it up into the air for a second, and everybody sees uh, like tessellations occur. Um, well, they see it. My my group, I guess, doesn't necessarily see it. They see just the the light shine, maybe. Yeah, you got all four of the. You don't even know how many there are. Actually, <laughs> you can I, sense I many multiple enemies falling into a stupor. Um, all the warriors. Wait, that's weird. All the warriors failed and all the scouts succeeded. Is that right? That's crazy. I wonder if they have a better wisdom. I'll have to kind of go over their things in a second. Um, and then uh, he'll he'll uh, uh, tap Alaric on the shoulder and he'll say, uh, uh, here's your chance not to blow it. And he'll give him a bardic inspiration. <laughs> Yeah, you can see immediately the one in front of you and then one down the alleyway is now... Uh, let's see, Hypnotic Pattern is the Charmed and Incapacitated one? Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, it is that they are charmed by the spell, the creature's incapacitated and has a speed of zero. Okay. So they kind of have like that oh. weird daze, almost manages like the Looney Tunes, like stars going around the head, just kind of... <laughs> little it little birds. anyone <laughs> takes damage or if someone else uses an action to shake them out of their it stupor. snaps out of it, okay. Uh, and then uh, I think Bond will say, uh, we should probably just get out of here and then take a step back. <laughs> uh, Torben, you see the one that was ruffling, <laughs> literally ruffling his ghostly feathers, wielding a spear, suddenly go into that stupor daze, and the one down there as well. You're not quite sure what the status is on the ones on the rooftops above you. Well, I feel like, you know, he's about to like, you know, Torben's about to rage, and then here's Bond say that. <laughs> now, second guessing, do we run away? Oh, no. Ignore Bond 90% of the time. Right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, so, Torben is going to go into a rage. So, just double check. You said, so did we do like a long rest reset with level up or just like, like health? Uh,. Because I think it automatically, when you level up, doesn't it? It gives you your health and stuff. Does it automatically give you a long rest or not? I don't actually, like, mechanically it in gives the... Us the health, but I'm still missing spell slots. Okay, if we can keep it like that, I would prefer it that. Because you guys technically have not long rested since the last boss battle. Okay. I just wanted to make sure before I started, like, using a rage. And... Yeah, so, yeah. No, that, okay. yeah, it's a good question. You, obviously, you're, you're thinking that um, some kind of knightly accommodations would be the best thing to look for in the future, but... Okay. So, uh, we have got a big Grimslade blade to swing at this guy. What is that? Number four right in front of me there. <laughs> nice. Does it give you... Uh, fucking 27. <laughs> Does it give you advantage to uh, attack incapacitated? Or is it just... They just can't do anything? No, they just can't do anything. Uh, yeah, I think... Yeah, Allow me to look up the conditions. I have to look up every every single session. 
Uh, it does not. But 27 is definitely going to hit. All right. Uh, for 13. Let's see. Yes. Hey, we're finally fighting stuff that's not undead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, and... They rip their faces off and their skulls underneath. Yeah. No. So, so, and actually, I can re-roll. So, um... So one of the, on the nine slashing, one of those is a one. I can re-roll that. Uh, is that from, uh, for so, weapon? yeah. Yep. Gotta love that. Yeah. Um, is it just a one or is it a one and a two? It's a one, one and a two. two. So when I put my little, like, reminder there in my text, um... And what is that? That's a D6, right? Yeah. I think there's a way to set it up in the thing, but I don't remember the... Yeah, I kept meaning to look up to see if there was, like, some sort of macro I could do for that. No, it stays the same. All right. Uh, So he's going to swing again. All right, now you're just showing off. Yep. (laughs) All right, and it did that again. Still kind of pissed from the last battle. <laughs> yeah, that's a giant Ooh, there chunk. There's a good change. Oh, uh, so plus five. Okay. Yeah. Calculating too early. So two things. One, uh, they're not undead, so that's nice. Uh, it does the full necrotic damage, and it feels good when you swing that sword. Um, the other thing is that you deal two mighty deep slashes of this creature, and it looks wounded. It is not killed. It is not even critically wounded. It's just wounded. And you've never really seen one of these creatures before, so part of you may be kind of uh, a little impressed with your battle rage that this thing can take such a licking and uh, keep on clucking. Um, and does that, uh, that saps it out of its charm thing, right? If it takes uh, any damage. Yes, it does. Yes, yeah. it does. All right. So it kind of snaps its head around and just realizes it's got gaping slashes in its body. It starts ruffling its feathers weirdly. Uh, anything else? Nope. That's it for me. Right. Uh, Rod would like to run across the hall and attempt to kind of parkour up the wall oh. you said uh this one here is like a half height and then yes. this one's 10 feet yes <laughs> and i do like a bang bang uh to put myself uh up i guess i can't move myself there so well i can't think of a better use of the athletics uh, uh skill check than that so i'd like to see that all right here we go Oh. <laughs> Boy. I have inspiration. Okay, okay. <laughs> all these, all these twenties, <laughs> twenty plus rolls. I'm going to burn. That was a uh, that was a nat one for people who listen in the future. <laughs> uh, and the inspiration only gave you a seven, so you end so, up. You've got it pictured in your mind perfectly. You walk up. Uh, getting ready to jump onto this one and turn around and jump, but then 
before you do that, your feet's your feet, your foot flies out from underneath you and you fall back down this level. It's still less than 10 feet, so no damage, but it's definitely damaging to your pride when you land uh, right next to Vaughn uh, on the floor. <laughs> oh, hi, Vaughn. <Bob. laughs> <laughs> I see it's you I should have uh, encouraged. Um, okay. Uh... And uh, I don't, do I, from this point, do, am I at a point where I can see anyone appear to shoot? Um, Cause I can see like parts of the circle, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, you can see what look like, <laughs> you have to do a double take. You almost see several monkeys up there, like perched. And you're like, wait, are the monkeys fucking attacking us? Like, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's pretty strange. You're not quite sure what to make of that. Um, you can see, I would basically give them three quarters cover from that, from your position on the ground to the, uh, the raven folk on the top. You're pretty sure you do see some, like, armored avians with bows, um, on the edge. And you think you may also see what looks like a cat folk on the roof. There's all kinds of stuff going on up there. Okay. It's a target-rich environment. uh, At this point, I've used all my movement, or I still have some left? Uh, Start, I started here. I'll give you ten feet of movement left. Uh, okay, so then I'll uh, zip to right here, and I will uh, pull out my pistol and shoot this guy here loudly. <laughs> loudly, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a oh shit. Where's the... Yeah, it's on the air horn. All right. Nice. The game taketh and giveth. It, uh, <laughs> that 20. It it, 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 take, it taketh more uh, because these are magic bullets. Um, Go on. These are, these are magic bullets that on a hit... Explore. Do, 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 do. Yeah, they're like uh, <laughs> extra two d six. I want to say exactly. Do 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 do. I have to do that beforehand. I think. No, I have to do that beforehand. What's the one? Uh, do do do. It's the gunpowder rules. Oh, it's this one here. Now you got some triggers on a crit. Yeah, it's not the magic bullets. Uh, I can make them magical, but I did not at this time. Um, so I get another d six. Uh, because I rolled the highest possible number on the damage die on the on the second one. Yep. Nice. Oh, okay. So I get another two. So that'll be uh, eleven plus two, thirteen damage to the guy uh, in the corner. Thirteen damage. Also, uh, as per our massive damage uh, house rules, you may roll on the massive damage table. Target is frightened of, of you because it could. It didn't see me fall. Uh, <laughs> it did not. It was. It, it was. Fall. It was literally incapacitated at the time. It was. Yeah. It was a falling shot. It just looked really awesome. As he just got to lined him up. So we'll replace the uh, the incapacitated with the frightened condition. As suddenly a gunshot comes out of nowhere. All right. So he's frightened me until my next turn, I guess. Yeah. But- Bot holding his ears says, "No, <laughs> sorry, Bot. <Bob. laughs> that that is not happening in a long time. There used to be a running gag in the early 
like first chapter where uh, the gunshot would go off right next to Vaughn. <laughs> Uh, and now the baboons descend, which is not a line I say often enough in in D and D. Uh, you see these monkeys begin just spiraling down towards you, which is pretty off-putting. Yeah. And uh, they all just immediately go for uh, all of your various bags, uh, pouches, just any bit of any kind of storage that you've got on your body. Uh, they start reaching and trying to grab. And uh, were they not part of the hypnotic pattern? Uh, that's a good point. I will give... Uh, let's see. Was it a wisdom save? Yeah. There were a couple of them that were in the hypnotic pattern. That's a good point. Okay. Three of them have been knocked out and continue to be incapacitated. We'll say... Uh, these three on this side is the easiest thing. Um, and then another one of them just made it, and the other two I think were actually lower down out of the uh, range. So fewer monkeys end up going to pickpocket. Um, Snips, you see one of the monkeys kind of looking at you, look down, and takes off all of a sudden. If you wanted to, you could make an attack of opportunity as a reaction as it spirals down. Yes, I would love to. I would um, love to kill that monkey. Oh my god! Yes, yes. <laughs> you monster! We'll call, it, we'll, we'll, we'll call it beginner's luck. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Thankfully, the rest of you don't see this. But he does absolutely terrible, terrible things. Do they? Do they just see this monkey like fall? Is that 50 damage? That's a lot. That's- that's a lot. I know, that's too much math. I can't. Yeah. So, so, uh, can we just we say he dies? <laughs> yeah, yeah just explode. You just see this monkey body explode. Yeah, that's just, 50 damage. That's 50 points, yep. That is insanity. Holy crap. Yeah. What, you just see You see a couple of monkeys go down and try to pickpocket you, and one of the bodies just slams into the ground and explodes <laughs> as if it fell out of an airplane. Just absolute splatter <laughs> everywhere. It's, it's like from the boys or something. Just fucking... Just horrifying. I look over. Sorry. <laughs> that's your first. That's your first line to the group. <laughs> Sorry about that. Just I just blew up the monkey. Uh, let's see who gets to be the lucky pickpocket ease. We need two people. Monkey on my shoe. There. Yeah. There's a little <laughs> bit of this fight with this monkey. <laughs> uh, Torben. Let's see. This monkey steals 11 gold from you. And Bon. This monkey steals 6 gold from you. They pocket it and then quickly begin scampering around. uh, Basically trying to climb back up and away from you all. Uh, if it successfully does it, does it not take an attack of opportunity? That's what I'm going to say, yes. (laughs) They begin um, rushing away back up into the buildings and towards their uh, allies, but you can kind of see they just made it up into this building, essentially. Uh, Let's see, we've got a scout, which is not incapacitated, and will fire a bow shot at Alaric. 
23 for 10 piercing damage. That arrow. Incapacitated, incapacitated. Another scout. This one's got a wider range of targets. Uh, but nope, State has chosen Alaric once again for the longbow with another 23. <laughs> wow. For six damage, jeez. I said do better! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so this one woke up but is now frightened, which actually screws it up because I believe frightened means he cannot move closer. Can't willingly move closer to his source of fear, which is Rai, and he needed to move closer. To... <laughs> to be able to do anything. Uh, so instead, he has to pull out a longbow. And he's afraid. So it's going to be with disadvantage. And he would love to shoot at Rye because that's the source of his fear. But also wants to shoot him down. But uh, Torben and Alaric are in the way. So once again, we'll go token fate. Come on, Alaric. No, all right, all right. Uh, so this will be at disadvantage, Torben. That is not gonna hit. Alaric, you finally get a chance to respond. All these arrows sticking out of you. Oh, look um, at him. He's so he happy. Just... <laughs> <laughs> he just drops his face mask to, to, to put the skull down. And no longer happy. Um, and I will... Tough decision, but I will upcast Spirit Guardians Oof. using a fifth level spell slot. Oh my goodness! And staying in melee with this guy, I will move. Just dance around him to there. So I just need a fifteen foot, so three squares. Yeah. Yep. It gets a lot of people in there. Yep. And so that is my action and movement. Okay, the Spectral Cavalry appears around Alaric. Yep. So this is uh, the start. On their turn. Yeah, starts their turn there. Okay, so... And that is a fifth level, so it will be... Yeah. 5d8 when it hits. Wisdom save. Ooh. And my uh, spell DC should be 17 now, not 15. Okay. It made a 24, so I need I need the damage so I can have it. Okay. So wise, the Raven folk. Okay. I think it's slash R mm. and then space 5d8. Or just go. hit the button. There is buttons. Uh, so 10 damage to that one. Definitely and they're just... slowed by 10 feet. Not like being in this radiant circle, so they will certainly try to shoot at you. But that is not going to be effective, and it slowly backs up out of the way, and then it remembers about Snips over there and gives another squawk as it packs up further and realizes it is stuck in a bad place. 
the other one is so damaged from Snips' attack earlier that uh, any amount of save is not going to matter. It is literally like bleeding on its last legs, and then one of those little Hussar Cavalry Spectral Guardians comes in and just kind of thwacks it, uh, runs it through in the head, and it falls over dead. And for dramatic effect, its body falls as a cool little lurch over the railing thing. Oh, wait. Wait, I've got a thing, I think. Oh, you got like a wooden screw? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, the warrior is going to have to make a save. It fails. Give me that 5d8. Ouch. Oh, my God. Lord. 28 damage. That's not good. Uh, it will use its spectral ghost wings uh, on Alaric and Torben again. I need uh, dexterity saves from you guys or be blinded. I put the mask down. Alright, you guys made... Oh, I see. Uh, you guys make the save once again against the blinding wings and then it attempts to attack with its... It's definitely going to target uh, Alaric now since you put the, the guardians back up. Ah! Oh, what's Torben oh, got? So it's gonna need it's gonna need that at uh, disadvantage because that's the one I attacked while raging. First creature with an attack, and your turn becomes a target. The warrior changes attacks. So turn the target disadvantage. And attack roll is against you. Okay. Uh, Alaric loves working with Torben. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't. Eight's not gonna hit regardless, but uh, for funsies, oh, yeah. We'll... Yeah. So it's got it's got all kinds of bad things happening to it. Um, with the Guardians rushing around, it attempts to um, escape this Wrath, which is going to trigger an attack for opportunity from Torben uh, and Alaric. It's just going to run, basically, back into the alley. And probably not survive. 21's going to hit. Oh my gosh. Ooh. This was 17 to hit. 17 does hit, yeah. <laughs> These guys are wearing some decent armor, but you guys are just not missing. All right, it makes it, like, here, right next to Alaric, when Torben's uh, blade comes down and just plants right in his back leg, just hacking a leg off, and the bird goes flying to the wall and is still. Snips, you see quite a bit of violence erupting around you, and now you've seen one of the uh, figures. seems to have a bunch of spectral, like, uh, mounted knights... On horseback, like in the general area. Can I can I see what's on the roof across from me? Yes. Uh, do the magic of roll twenty. Um, it's blocked for all of you, but you would be able to see it. There are lots of monkeys, and there is one um, of those uh, the same as this guy, basically uh, a, a raven folk armed with a longbow aimed down. I'm gonna turn to this uh, this guy and basically. You should leave. <laughs> Take your guys and go. Uh, give me an intimidation check. Alright. Uh, not the greatest, but... Alright. 
Uh, he's feeling like that might not be a bad idea at the moment. He's looking at his odds, looking at you, looking at his buddy who just uh, got killed, and is uh, thinking he might take you up on that offer. Uh, I'm going to. You said that I could I could see across, right? So, yes. as a way to solidify my suggestion, I'm gonna pick one of the monkeys that are across the way and fire an arrow. Um, and I haven't moved, so I'll enable steady aim. Okay. Uh, that's a 26 to hit, and that's... That is going to hit a monkey. 20. <laughs> 20 points of damage. All right, you get satisfying of another monkey absolutely exploding from that arrow, and that monkey, several coins spill out <laughs> from a pouch it was Jack wearing around. Jackpot. At least yeah. 11. <laughs> At least eleven coins spill out. It's like nice. a, it's like a Diablo kill where just loot pops out or Borderlands or something. And then I'll just turn my head right back to the to this guy and you know, what are you what are you waiting for? <laughs> if you were a monkey, I would have fucking killed you by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're lucky you're not a monkey. <laughs> yeah, and uh, at least Rye and Bon, you two are probably more aware of now. There is definitely a figure up there who seems to be attacking. The people attacking you, and also the monkeys. So Bon is hyper focused on the fact that he just had gold stolen from him by one of those monkeys. <laughs> yeah. And even though he saw, you know, one of the monkeys uh, explode into coins, uh, I would like to try to. And I'm not I don't sure know you saw that... that because that's on that was on the roof. He's literally firing from one roof to another roof. But you definitely saw somebody fire an arrow from one roof to another roof. Okay. Seems... So I I didn't know if gold was like trickling down the yeah. side. Um, I did see the path that they took essentially. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's out of my reach. Does it look like something I would be able to try to climb up and follow? Are you a monkey? Uh, I'm a kobold. <laughs> uh, I will I will give you an athletics check um, to come up there. Probably not too hard now that you've seen maybe the way the monkeys go up, but you are not a monkey, so it's going to be... Any any chance I could do an acrobatics check uh, to parkour off Rai? Uh, sure. We'll give you an acrobatics check. Hold his hands out like a... Yeah. Now it's a yeah, cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Good. So what I should do is just throw buildings at you guys. Just just have buildings everywhere and just turn this right. into, a, into a platforming <laughs> scenario. And then once you guys all just fall on your asses. <laughs> so so Bond trusts Rai, who he watched just fumble going up the building. I don't know if Rai just boosts you incorrectly and you slam into the wall. Or if he you literally time it where you jump and he like moves at the last second and you fall down and just don't even make it. But it is absolute hilariousness. That's a net one. I'm, I'm fine for this to be oh, my dude, turn. I'm, I am content with this being my, <laughs> my whole turn. That's Ryan it. puts like a firm hand on your shoulders, like, look. Just, <laughs> just, Somewhere down the alley, Alaric yells, I thought you said do better. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. This yeah. one building that's, is your Everest. That's Bond's turn. That's a monster. <laughs> you can still take an action nope, if you that, that, That's his whole turn. He, he failed his intent to get his money back. Now he is recovering. All right. Shame is a free action? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's full action in this case. Uh, so Torben's going to charge forward, ducking through the uh, all the little hussars, and hit this guy up here. Which he's 
frightened. Um, I forget how long that lasts. It was till Rise turn. Till Rise next turn. Okay, so he is still frightened. Yep. So you have an advantage, I think. Uh, or no, sorry. No, you don't have yeah, advantage. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think. <laughs> He Eric, just has someday I will learn what all the conditions mean, but today is not that day. I think the problem is there's a couple that are just like too similar. Oh, there's all of them there's, are too similar. Yeah, yeah there's the, the Venn diagram is just a disaster. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, that one he has disadvantage on things, but other people don't have advantage on him. All right, all right. Yes. Everybody needs to calm down. Game. <laughs> <laughs> this is. Ridiculous. I'm getting sad. I'm getting a sad trombone That's for that one. Crazy. I can't wait to see the damage on this. Uh, it's not going to be as big as the rogues, but it'll be impressive. This sneak attack is sick. Wow. Uh, alrighty. That's. do math that fast on that one, yeah. Wow. Uh, that's Somebody do the math for me. 39, I think. Uh, 30, uh, yeah, no, it's it's thirty nine because he's got two rage damage. Oh, sorry, yeah. mm -hmm. thirty nine. Pretty impressive. If we hadn't just seen the fifty one, we'd all be like, "Wow!" Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is massive damage, though. Roll on that massive damage table. This guy was already affected by massive damage. Also, he has had nothing but critical hits on him. This is the guy that killed a black uh, black cat the other day. All right, so now he's now he's prone. So now he's prone. Now you have advantage. Now, now you have advantage. Good <laughs> lord! Oh my gosh! Oh, <laughs> twenty-three will hit. Jeez, this one was the runt of the group. The one that gets picked on by everybody else. Oh man, that's a bummer. You still re-rolled. Oh yeah. Ones. How do you put that in more? Fifteen more. Wow. He actually survived all that, but he is not looking very good at all. Like, that was incredible. He's just on the ground and is thinking he may just play dead. <laughs> it's not gonna help. No, no. Yeah. Alright. Yeah, and that should do it for me. Alright, Rye. Rye. More carefully. This time with Bond's help. <laughs> I'm gonna try to get up, get up this. Oh wall my god! I am the... so impressed. <laughs> Keep trying to do this. I don't know like if I'm he, impressed or or step uh, on Bond as a as a step stool. <laughs> pitying. <laughs> yeah, I this think is so. like the fight is long over. It's like days later. They're still trying to get up on the roof of this building. <laughs> so, okay, but yeah, uh. Yeah, can I do acrobatics or? <laughs> yeah, yes. Give me acrobatics. Uh, I will give you advantage because you have now seen this happen twice, and you're pretty sure you've got a method to your madness. <laughs> All 15. right, you are so fucking lucky. I gave you advantage on this. Thanks to the experience you have climbing this building, you are able to just barely find the right handhold to hoist yourself up. And what you find immediately is a horrifying disaster of a dead monkey body uh, <laughs> with coins spilled out everywhere. Another monkey that looks like it's about to shit bricks. Um, several monkeys who are incapacitated and then one uh, raven folk who looks increasingly worried. 
And um, I would like to cast Burning Hands. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll cast Burning Hand this way, uh, north. Okay. New but team. in a way, because uh, it, it won't go over the side. It'll just, like, go diagonal. Yeah. Uh, what's the distance on that? I, I guess the, I could move up one. I'll move up one. Hang on, one. Yeah, I should be able to get this guy, too, right? Sure. We just want to really want to fuck up those monkeys. Uh, yeah. All right, cool. And I, uh, I'm going to cast it at level three. Level two. Let's see it. Do, 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 do. Click it on the button. Uh, 18, DC 17. Alright. Hopefully my internet's not freaking out. I'm getting some lag on my server right now. It happened last Friday too, hoping it passes. Meanwhile, we will do this. Scouts. Deck save, and... Well, the monkeys are all fucking dead. They don't have the hit points. They're just gonna fucking roast. So, this is uh, half damage, I think, if it's... Yes. Yeah. Or no, he never mind. He failed. Uh, so, 18 damage. Uh, that one actually gets uh, fried chicken. Just... <laughs> gives a horrible Excellent. squawking sound. Then, uh, I think that's it. I don't think I can do anything. Uh, Alright, you see the one surviving monkey next to you, Rai. Um, it comes up to you, and it's already, well, it's already next to you. It looks up with its big, sad eyes, and kind of tugs on, <laughs> tugs on your pant legs. And gives you a pouch of coins. <laughs> and turns around and runs the fuck away. <laughs> I, to I tossed a pouch down the bond. Okay. For the help getting up. Uh, uh, Spirit Guardians. Stan, we're still that uh, still in effect. Well, takes 29. That one gets absolutely annihilated by Spirit Guardians. <laughs> that one's actually out of it. And then we've got this one. I also need Spirit Guardians for... Uh, on the corner does take half damage and is no longer incapacitated. In fact, that's the start of its turn, so it still has its uh, turn. However, as it starts this turn, um, it's got all the spirit guardians out there. It can see that all the, the dead body in front of it and on the rooftop dead, nobody around it. So it calls out to, uh, I guess, Torben's one I can see, but Alaric's around the corner. And it says, um, stop, stop, surrender. No more. You to die when you came after us. Um, he stops looking at Alaric and starts looking at Torben. <laughs> when the raging bear folk might be the more reasonable one. Um, <laughs> well, if he sees Alaric, all he has is that that skull mask. Yeah. So <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> please, please, I give you a pretty, a pretty. And he, he holds out this uh, what looks like an amulet, 
Uh, take it. Uh, we go. Drop it all. Weapons. Everything. Uh, he nods and drops his uh, spear and uh, drops a bow. Uh, and then drops that uh, amulet and then a scattering of uh, coins. Although they don't actually have too much on them. Uh, we accept these terms. Erwin kind of glances back over his shoulder. He's, you know, he's not the negotiator here. He's, mm-hmm. And he's kind of in the thick of the rage. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're not easy and Torben up there negotiating. Yeah. This is not going to go well. <laughs> we don't really have any of the merciful players right now, do we? Rye might be the most merciful of all of us right now. Yeah. Rye just <laughs> and he likes to monkeys. catch people on fire. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I'm just preparing dinner. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so we anyway, uh, oh, yeah, okay. we, got some, we got some chicken. Um, yeah, so uh, he will go poke his buddy and drag him, his buddy, away. Um, it, assuming we're accepting these terms. If Spirit Guardians is still up, he's got uh, uh, difficult terrain. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's right at the edge of it, so he he just scoots over, grabs his buddy, and they both just kind of slink over uh, to the alleyway. Uh, he can use his action to dash um, and try to escape, but it looks like they are full-fledged, just fleeing into the winding alleys and tunnels. And same thing, uh, Snips, the one that you see on the roof seems to be following suit um, and absolutely following your uh, suggestion of fleeing the scene. I can't see him, so I can't do anything with the ones on the roof. But I don't drop spirit guardians. Okay. Um, says we've got so, uh, someone else, flee north, though. I think. <clears throat> yes, you do. So, so the one on the the ground there, like Torben, will kind of like grab him and kind of turn and. Do we keep this one? Yeah, that one's technically still... It's frightened and prone and looks like it's about to die. <laughs> we keep this one. When he does that, then I would drop Spirit Guardian so it doesn't kill him. Okay. A raging Torben has asked for mercy. I will turn it off. <laughs> mercy. Hey, you. What's your name? I'll I'll go ahead and drop down. Well, I, don't get any closer. Hold up. I asked what your name was. I, I just got beat up, and I I missed. I think I think, I I think we're on the same. Not I think we're on the beat. same side here. <laughs> I put I put my weapons away. Clearly, okay. with no, you see that he's just not armed at all. Okay, I'm feeling. And he says, "Let me guess. Let me uh, let me guess. Perch." Offered to be your guide, didn't he? Yeah, we smelled that from a mile away, though. And well, this could have ended worse, but seems like you're able to handle yourselves fairly well. He, he stands up, dusts himself off, just kind of stands up as tall as he can. You're right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we need to calm down the bear, though. That's not my job. Sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, 
you stay there. Don't 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 move. And uh he'll come up to uh hey, uh we've got somebody who helped out during the fight. Uh maybe we should see if they got somewhere that we can go and rest. At this point he's talking to Torben and Alaric. Alaric just lifts the mask back up 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 inside the cowl. Ugh, it's so weird. <laughs> All right, so like you that. see Torben relax a little bit, but he's still got a hold of this other one. And he's kind of, you know, he's kind of looking at Bond like Yeah, what do uh, I do at with this point, one? I'll look back at uh did you say what your name was? I can't remember. I'm sorry. You did ask. I would say my name is uh the name's Snips. Okay, yeah. Uh, he'll look back and, hey, Snips, come come here. <clears throat> I'll uh, slowly walk over. This, uh, what is it, the Haru? What, should we, uh, is he safe? Can we keep him? Should we let him go? What do you recommend? Can we keep him? <laughs> Can we keep him? <laughs> We're starting a zoo back home, and you know, we're just, uh, I could use some health and pop my fangs. Do I? Do I get the sense of like? Are these just low level? You know, having knowledge of sort of Persian, the way he operates with newcomers, are these just low level flunkies that? he hires or do I know that they potentially pose a threat? You've seen this group pose a major threat to a lot of folks, to the average uh, people. They, they don't stand a chance even to local adventurers. Um, they put up a very nasty fight and have prevailed. So this is probably the first time you've seen purchase group, um, Come up to somebody and not only get this hardly this badly rebuffed, but also to really get this badly beaten to where they were just routed. So I'll I'll turn to uh Bon, who's sort of addressing me as to what to do, and I'll say, um, you know, honestly, I I don't know. I never had a group of adventurers do this to purchase sort of men before um they are quite dangerous i i I won't argue with you there um but they are quite dangerous i'm not sure letting them go would be the right play here um if you have uh he'll take out some rope and toss it over and say let's just take them take them where you said you look like you need some rest. Um, maybe we can find a place for you all to rest up and heal um, and talk further. All right. Now we're talking. Yeah. Now what do we do with him? Uh, Just leave him tied up in an alley? No, we shouldn't do that. Batman style. Well, we should take him with us. <laughs> uh, I don't have... And I, I would say time take him with us, but he'll throw the rope to Torvin uh and say, uh well, you lead the way. <clears throat> we'll follow you. 
It's not going to be suspicious walking through the city streets with a bound uh, native, and we're out of towners. Um, well, I have. So I have criminal contact. Would I? Maybe this is a DM question, right? Would I? Would I know sort of how to navigate these side streets in a way that? I mean, this is where I grew up, right? So I, I would probably know these back streets very well. Yeah. Um, and considering that nightfall is upon us and the streets are not as, you know, packed, um, would you say it would be easier for me to aid the party in getting this person to like a local backdoor tavern, you know, Nothing luxurious, but somewhere that they could follow. Wait a second. <laughs> Bond, Bond does not stay in the seedier places. <laughs> no, he needs, Wait, he, needs hold the, on. he needs the five star experience. <laughs> the luxury, the presidential suite. <laughs> um, but yes, you you would know. You're actually probably the guy they're looking for. You would know your way through. Uh, the entire city, you would know the alleyways to take to avoid any kind of suspicion. Um, yeah. yeah, you would. You definitely know your way around. Now, has the party said anything about um, what they're looking for here? Because that could also Currently, be relevant information. A place to a place to sleep and rest up. Currently, I think that's once our first we're priority. in shelter, yeah. we would talk. We'll say uh, we should definitely have this one tied up pointing to your captive and would uh, you'll see him kind of walk ahead, peeking around the corners, kind of just checking before, you know, signaling you guys over um, sort of leading you through the side streets, um, you know, to a, a tavern. Seeing some of the other bird folk had fallen off the second story. Alaric is fighting the temptation to, See if this guy can fly with his arm, arms tied. <laughs> yeah, do your ghost wings now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can lead um, to a um, probably we'll we'll say like a middle, you know, middle of the road, some place that's um, that you know wouldn't ask uh, people wouldn't think twice, basically, of of having uh, strangers here. It's not necessarily like the the local place to be, but definitely. Um, not the most touristy either. Just kind of a nice middle range, like comfortable. Um, nobody's going to ask too many questions. Place where everybody can uh, stay. In terms of what to do with this character, uh, with your prisoner, um, as a with your criminal contacts, you might be able to literally find a uh, not a fence because that's like for stolen goods, but just. Like uh, like a cleaner type person, like somebody that you know kind of takes care of like scenes that get a little too dicey and messy and can deal with like, you know, prisoner exchange or in some way it, just to offload this person if you're looking to uh, and, and you can tell them whatever you want. You can tell, hey, will you take care of them and as in kill them or will you take care of them as in drop them off at the local uh, you know, constabulary or uh, or even return them back to uh, whatever uh, a criminal organization. Maybe he's got, and maybe you show up there and uh, this guy's like, oh yeah, this other faction like would love to get their hands on this guy. If you want to do like street justice type of 
uh, situation. So you've kind of got some options afforded to you, but you know, like exactly what person to go to, to kind of drop this character off at. Yeah. I, I think I'll turn to the rest of the group and just say, uh, you know, kind of paraphrase what you just said, but like, you know, Hey, you know, we, what you do with him is up to you. We, I'm not sure what, what you're looking for or why you're here. Um, but if you want to hold on to him, that's, that's a decision you all should make. Bon will turn to the group and say, give me, give me a minute to talk to him. Keep him tied up. Let me talk to him for a minute. All right, close doors. Close door deposition. And then maybe, then maybe we can let him go after that. Yeah. I'm good with would that. I, would I be able to like kind of go into a tavern before these guys walk in? Like maybe chat up the barkeep. Um, you know, get some rooms ahead of time so that they just. They don't stop. They just walk in and go right to a room, close the door, and <laughs> they can do whatever they want. Yeah. They don't need to they don't need to do anything. I've already like kind of gone in, scoped out the room situation, got the keys. Oh, Bon's gonna love this. My goodness. <laughs> he's a whole well, actually, concierge my thought, service. <laughs> yeah. My, my thought would be while he's setting all that stuff up that we've got this guy in an alley yeah. and uh, they're kind of guarding yeah. while Bond has the interrogation with them for a second. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that time it works out really well. And yes, because of because you 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 know the place, you chose this place, you know it would be pretty smooth sailing. You can come in and talk to people and just make sure it's gonna be okay with this group of uh highly trained badasses. Uh, we'll be able to come in and be kind of unmolested, unspied on, and be able to get right to the room and get them some proper room service <laughs> for yeah. minimum, 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 minimum payment. I think. Yeah, I think I'd like just also set up a like, you know, hey, like just or knock three times or something like that if you see something suspicious or someone enter the tavern that shouldn't be here. Yeah. Um, kind of make sure that we rest up without any interruptions. I just watched uh, one of the John Wick movies the other night. And this reminds me of the, like going to that is hotel. That, <laughs> it's like a safe is zone. That where, is, that where, is that where you got the cleaners? From? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that goes all the way back to like Pulp Fiction, I think too. <laughs> yeah. That's, You're talking that's... motherfucking wolf. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So Bond, you can, uh, you've got your minute. Yeah. Uh, so when he gets him by himself, he's just like, you've never seen us. You don't know who we are. You pretend like this didn't happen. And when anybody else asks, you say you have amnesia about it. Otherwise, I'm going to find you and I'm going to break every one of your toes. Until it, uh, and so he just he continues on. Uh, my intent is to use words of terror. Uh, to convince him to like basically not come after us and and forget that he ran into us here. Wow, it's legitability. Alone release one victim to see paranoia in its mind. Okay. He's got to make a wisdom saving throw. Yeah. Sure. I'll give it disadvantage because it's not in a good position to uh, necessarily stand up to you either. Makes him frightened for an hour. Now, that's the only question because it could be a flat roll, I guess, because if I still have the shadow corruption, I think I had... um, Oh, yeah. I can see that. This works. It doesn't matter because his first roll was a seven. seven. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So after he's done, uh, he just, he, uh, he like 
puts his hand, you know, because he doesn't want the, he's got to be by himself when he's doing it. But if anybody kind of looks over their shoulder, he just says, uh, he puts his hand like on the Haru's shoulder and he just said, you got it. <laughs> got it. Like the feathers are all like, whatever the, whatever the bird equivalent of like tail between the legs kind of a <laughs> movement is basically where its feathers are at. Yeah, it's not a position to argue and it seems uh, wholly intent on keeping its word. And uh, Bond just walks back with a slight swagger that he hasn't had in a while. Yeah, uh, getting to, well. yeah, exercise one of his his <laughs> strong suits, and uh, uh, it says, uh, "It's up to you whether we uh, untie him here or just leave him." It's uh, I think <laughs> we've got broken his spirit. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're good. Yeah, uh, Bond, you can have a point of inspiration, and Snips, you can have a point of inspiration for uh, leading them to a nice, uh, safe place. Um, yeah, it's super cool. By the way, uh, Alaric, the amulet that that one bird was uh, holding out is in fact magical. And I picked that up. And it seems to have uh, the markings of Odin upon it. And um, a part of you <laughs> recalls that uh, the Heru or Raven folk were often seen as like the messengers and warriors and apostles of Odin himself, being the whole Raven symbology. And this amulet, which you're not even sure these guys knew it was magical. They probably just thought it was cool and maybe had some religious value. Uh, gives a plus one to spell attacks and save DCs for clerics of Wotan slash Odin. <laughs> uh, it does require attunement. Say, how am I doing on attunement slots? From my notes, the only thing you have are the holy robes. Yep, I think that's right. Which... Uh, was also a necklace, so I think you're just gonna have to roll with uh, <laughs> just be like a rap star and just have multiple. Uh, well, I've got the I've chains. got the raven, I've got the raven amulet, my holy symbol, this and the robe. So yeah, I've got about four chains Just rocking it. Um. All right, what are you guys discussing this evening? What's the plan forward? Uh, can we get, so, can we get our gold back? You do get your gold back, and you find some additional gold. Um, so whoever got gold stolen, you can get that back. And then you find... Let's see. We'll do 60, 10. Uh, wow, I rolled kind of shitty. Uh, you find additional 18 gold pieces. Uh, they must have stashed all their gold somewhere before this big fight. That was basically on the the bodies and the monkeys monkeys probably had all the gold maybe the monkeys were in charge this whole time <laughs> nobody suspects the monkeys uh are we did anybody else need to do anything before we were back in our rooms essentially or the room that we've got um i i think at that point when we're just kind of uh resting or starting our rest, uh, Bon would initiate with, you uh, seem like you know your way around. You could say that. Um, pretty much grew up here. I'm sorry. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, that, that, that he would say, uh, uh, we're, what do you know about the grave finders? Uh, 
how much would I know about the Grave Finders? Yeah, uh, you would know a good amount. Um, it's pretty. It's very common knowledge. The Grave Binders are specifically comprised of four families who go back generations, and their entire jobs are to basically tend to and basically run the necropolis. So the other party isn't even fully aware of this, but it's the necropolis just north of the city, which uh, is where the Gravebinders actually work. And it's just a grand, huge uh, cemetery that features uh, the living and the dead. And uh, the Gravebinders uh, live, uh, and it, again, it's, it's like half a mile from, it's not like a huge journey. It's like half a mile from the, from Sewol. Um, and they live in that little trail between Sewol and the uh, Necropolis. But it's their job to, like, perform funeral rites and ceremonies and tend to, like, mausoleums mm. and just do all the various things that, uh, you know, grave diggers and folks would do. It's just they're kind of in charge of that whole area. And they're um, – it's not necessarily like they're feared, but it's definitely uh, – and not necessarily ostracized. It's a respected position, but also people are pretty just you know necropolis kind of freaky, right? It's like uh, you know, we would respect with the cemetery, but also we know that there's the undead or a thing, and they kind of rule there at night. So that's kind of a weird deal. But so people both kind of respect and fear a little bit uh, the grave binders, and that is um, what you would know of them. And you're also not sure why this party would be asking about yeah. them. So as you as you ask Snips, you see him sort of straighten up a little bit and kind of look at you and say, well, well, that depends. What what business do you have with them? We're still trying to figure that out. We're, we're seeking information. Uh, we've got some big problems with undead from where we're at. That's fair. I mean, they're up, up north. Um, yeah, those North ones are weird. Snips, you've you've also heard lately that the Gravebinders have been having problems with undead. That's actually kind of the talk of the city right now. Probably over the last like maybe two weeks or so, um, it's been rumored that the the dead have been causing problems. Whereas normally it's been a perfectly fine but somewhat weird peace system between the living and the dead in the Necropolis. But now that it sounds like that peace is being um, uh, shattered a little bit, and that's been kind of the the big rumor and gossip of the city is there's problems in the necropolis. Yeah. Uh, so he'll turn and say, "Well, coincidentally, we have an undead problem of our own around here. Uh, it seems that our balance that has lasted for many years has started to get upset." Um, Happy to take you to see them if if, if you'd like. Um, you wouldn't. Sure sorry, keep interrupting you with information. You yeah. would know, however, yeah. the the Gravebinders work during the day uh, in the Necropolis, and at night would be the only time to catch them because then they're at home. And you realize yeah. you like look at the clock, and go, oh, you guys want to meet the Gravebinders? <laughs> yeah, I I say you know, not that I have a watch, but. Right. Uh, we, we better get going. Um, if you, 
want to get them while they're not working anyway, um, in a more approachable manner, if it were. Juan does that thing that teenagers do when they have to get out of bed and they don't want to. And like, it's like, <laughs> you just ah. got, yeah, you just got in the comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know you guys had an ordeal and you've traveled quite far to get here. We can always visit them in the necropolis in the morning if you feel that's what you're more up to as a group. I'll look or to even tomorrow night. Alric, yeah. Torben. Alric, who's taking the bottle from room service. Um, <laughs> uh, can you get us to them without running into more local flavor? I I can do my best. Wait, no. <laughs> that doesn't sound like comforting. I can do my best. What what, what is that? Well, I don't. I don't Losers talk about their best. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is? This? I don't. Uh, he he'll turn to you and say, "I don't. I don't like making assurances that I know I can't keep." We've right. Uh, We've also had an undead problem, and quite frankly, the streets are not as safe as they used to be. Bon loves the humbleness uh, and takes it as, like, not a threat to him. (laughs) Like, he doesn't have to fight (laughs) for... uh, So he's on board. He's like, oh, I, I mean, we might as well get it out of the way. Well, I don't want to impose. You guys have traveled far, and you're obviously enjoying some food and beverage. Uh, I I defer to you. I'm happy to head out now or in the morning. Uh, he'll look to Alaric and say, "One more swig, and that's it." <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I just uncorked it. And it's like. Uh... Just quickly the whole thing. <laughs> I have no idea what Io's doing, but I cannot stop you. <laughs> She's still at the park looking at the trees. <laughs> she hasn't seen trees in a while. That's true. Uh, uh, Alaric looks around. All the chaperones are gone. It's like, hmm. There's no Lucian. I- no, I no chaperones. I'm in a new city. <laughs> Nobody knows me. Nobody and within the first 15 minutes, I got to kill three things. I like this town. <laughs> no. We need to go. Right, definitely more comfortable at night. So he yeah. puts Lights his sunglasses on. <laughs> yeah, if you guys want, you can head out and, uh, uh, Snips would definitely again know his way around the city, and and you probably feel even more comfortable in the evening moving around, and it's just way easier to get where you need to go without being uh, accosted by anybody or having any kind of strange stares or anything. Um, it's it's a little bit of a journey to go, and you're obviously much more well rested than the rest of the team. You notice they have been through. Uh, an ordeal, and especially you've se- you've probably seen a kobold or two before. You've never probably had maybe this um, long of a conversation with one as relatively friendly as Bon, and Bon is not very friendly to be clear. <laughs> um, and but you've even noticed he has this like pale, shadowy 
pallor about him and you're not you wouldn't quite think maybe that's just a he's from the north and that's what they look like but um as as the hours pass he's a little bit of color seems to return uh to him and begins to take on a more natural uh, is my dark vision going away too like the 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 length of it or whatever uh that's that is part of it yeah i remember yeah uh, you're like this is all good my shadow crypt is all good things for me i already hate the sun <laughs> Well, welcome. Yeah. Um, but then you right. all can travel. I need it. I need it back. How do I get more? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and Snips can easily lead you uh, north to where you need to go. And you do feel like the exhaustion is starting to set in. And it's you really do need to settle down and, and rest at some point soon. But it's probably getting to where it's um, past uh, dinner time uh, when you actually make it uh, slip out of the city and into the trail leading north before we get to the grave binders however uh let's take a break and uh we will return in about 10 minutes all right all right we are coming back from break time and uh, you're all setting out from the uh, nice tavern that Snips had brought you to uh, for just your brief chat. And now you're hurrying through the city as it's getting uh, darker and darker. Snips kind of leads you through a lot of winding alleyways and back streets, like somebody who definitely knows this place, like the back of his paw, exiting the uh, northern gates. And... Uh, it's a very well-worn trail, again, only about half a mile between Sual and the Grand Necropolis. And along that trail are several, you know, houses and stalls and shops and things. And there's one whole uh, row that Snips uh, turns on, street, uh, side street, that is where all the Gravebinder families live. And Snips, you're not sure... Um, you know, which particular family you're supposed to be looking for or really what to do from here. You've never, uh, even though you've heard of them, you've probably never interacted with them directly. You've never had any business in the necropolis. That's like the business of just them and then maybe like, you know, clerics and and just family members. It's not something that people, um, you know, it's, it's like a local adventuring location. It's everybody's got, uh, it's all worked out in a, in a balance over there. Um, Thankfully, there is already someone on a front porch, a middle-aged woman wearing uh, loose-fitting sand-colored robes and a nice white sash, and uh, she looks up as all of you are approaching and appears very calm, but just calls out and says, uh, Good fortune, travelers. I must warn you that further north is the Grand Necropolis, and the dead hold court after sunset. We're, uh, I think we're actually looking to speak with someone. Um, is there a connection to, and I'm messing up my notes, I think maybe, but Lichmark, is that, does that, is that a name or a place? <clears throat> so you're name dropping some, uh, ghoul Imperium, um, uh, names and she, uh, she shakes her head and says, I'm sorry, do you have some business in the 
Necropolis. We're, we need um, guidance. We're looking for help um, to recover someone who's been, uh, I guess, taken by someone dead where we're from, which I'm assuming they can tell that we're not from around this area. Um, Snips looks like he's from this area. So, but the rest of you certainly look um, extremely foreign. Yeah. And she spotted you all pretty much immediately. And and she could tell that Snips is probably a guide, although uh, you look like the most, like, experienced veteran, like, just packing, like, all this armament, like, clearly not a normal guide. And all of you are just, you know, you look like you're... Um, special forces walking around basically. So she's, but she appears to be very calm about this whole situation. It's like you have troubles of the dead. Yeah. We were instructed to speak with the grave binders. Um, Alaric, do you recall the specifics? We need to go into an extremely infested with undead area. Extremely infested and we were told that the grave binders may be able to educate us on the means necessary to make ourselves invisible or undetectable by them so we can rescue our friend he sighs and says i think i understand most of what you speak of is rumors. We gravebinders move about the grand necropolis not with magic or trinkets, but because it is law. The living rule during the day, and the dead hold court at night. So it has been, and so it always will be, but... And Shinji kind of looks concerned. Something has changed recently. The rules are being broken. And the undead have been more restless than usual. And despite our efforts, we have been unable to perform our duties properly. And the necropolis is growing increasingly dangerous. Pull out my pull out my amulet of, of Wotan, otherwise known as Odin. It's Wotan in the north, Odin in the south. Pull it out. We may be able to assist, but I have other questions. Who enforces the law? Well, we all do. Collectively, it is a rule that we all follow for the betterment and survival of both the living and the dead. It is a careful balance. And what do you do with breakers of this rule? There have been no such breakers as far as I can remember. Even Until looking now. through family histories, uh, we have been trying to find the source or reason for this problem, but it has never happened before. Un until now. 
And now you are here with problems of undead. Now, I may be able to assist you. Uh, my family, uh, my name is uh, Farah Hijati. Uh, of the Hijati Gravebinders, nice to meet you. Riders of the Storm, Krakovar. Yes, I love your accent. She looks at the rest of you pointedly, <laughs> waiting for introductions. Uh, introductions or directions? Uh, introductions, like who you are. Oh, okay. Uh, bon me from the free city of Zobek. Ah, uh, Zobek, I have heard of this city. All good things, assuredly. Uh, my... Uh, grandfather once visited uh, the Northlands. Uh, even uh, talked great words about Zobek and of the uh, Dwarven Cantons. And now yeah. that triggers, yeah, that triggers a, a, a memory of one of the dwarves mentioning uh, somebody from uh, the city visiting. Wait, I might have missed that part. So the reason you guys are on this uh, lead is because one of the elderly dwarven sages from uh, one, one, one of your allies um, had mentioned the fact that she had met someone from this city who had come up and visited um, them. And that's and they told stories about how they have like the living and the dead ruling together and everything. And that was uh, years and years ago. And now this woman says that her grandfather was uh, somebody who visited the Northlands. Okay. Okay, I understand. And knowing she wanted introductions, it's like, this is my friend Rye and, Tor Rye and Torben. Rye, you all look like you have uh, been through some serious situations. I hope Siwal has been uh, not too rough on you. Uh, this one... Uh, I believe I have heard tales of the great Snips, the rogue with the heart of gold. Ah, uh, well, that may have been slightly exaggerated, but yes, they fell victim to Perch and his antics, as I'm sure you're well aware of. Um, victim? <coughs> they, they're searching for they're searching for a purpose here that is their own. I'm simply here to help them um, ensure their safe passage, if it were. That is very noble of you. I am so sorry your first introduction to our fine city was one of danger and... Obstinance, but uh, thankfully the balance finds itself, and you have found uh, yourselves a new friend. But my family uh, possesses a book, a book that contains magic and secrets of the undead. We have not used it, not needed it here, because it is long. Um, but this book might be able 
to help you. And although this book is somewhat precious to my family, this plague that corrupts our necropolis is of the most importance. Uh, will you find out and help purge this great corruption or evil in the necropolis? I will give you this book. Seems fair, but like, can you tell us what rules they're breaking? Well, the rules are simple. Whatever dead is restless or uh, not quite dead, they stay buried or hidden during the day and allow the living to visit the necropolis, to mourn their dead, to bury their dead, to tend to the graves, perform the rites. But once the sun sets, the living are not permitted in the necropolis, and the dead who wish to rise, or never slumber to begin with, uh, they rule the necropolis and their laws within are absolute. They do never leave, uh, never pose a danger to the rest of us. And this is how it has always been. But you said it's different now. She sighs. It is, yes. Over the past days, maybe weeks, uh, there have been some sightings during the day, even attacks by the dead. This has never happened before. Not even once in memory. It is very strict law. Something must be uh, terribly wrong for this to occur. So any undead seen in daylight or during day is in violation of the law and can be put down? She looks at you very severely and says, Though there is a law that protects the living and the dead from each other, uh, should they be breaking the sanctity of this law, then I would not vouch for anyone's safety in the necropolis. That looks at Torben. The dead. Looks at Torben. Looks like we can go hunting during daylight. Meat's back on the menu, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she says, uh, there are two leads I can give you in the necropolis. The first is Golemesh, our uh, grave digger. He knows much of what happens there. One of the few living who lives inside the necropolis. Uh, but he has been rather reclusive, a bit of a, a character. Do not be afraid of him. Very, uh, very charming in his way. Uh, but I have not seen him recently. I would ask that maybe you check up on him. Golemesh lives near the, uh, the Middle Eastern way. And she has a map she points. Your map has been updated. 
Um, the other is Shafika Shiham, known as <laughs> the Matriarch. Uh, her and her brood reside in a tower uh, near the western gate. She is a much trusted resource and has a unique association with both the living and the dead there. Um, unique how? Rude. You will, you will see when you meet her. Uh, I would advise perhaps bringing some fresh meat as an offering. Uh, I also have not heard from Shafika in some time. I do worry about what is happening to our friends inside the necropolis. How how did it start? Like, <clears throat> they're trying to take over Zobek from at least the underground. I think we had stopped it before we started, but it's been a while since I've spoken with them. I believe this is connected. Well, it's an awful large coincidence. Mm. It just started... Uh, it, it was not dramatic. It was just uh, a glimpse here, a rumor there of spotting a dead, uh, maybe a, a ghoul wandering around or a, a skeleton no, scratching I'm through sorry. the sands. I guess I mean, like, the agreement that the undead would be able to walk around at all. Oh, you talk of our history. That goes back farther than our books, I'm afraid. Since the beginning of Necropolis's founding, since the city was founded. It's always been that way. It has always been. Yes, believe me, if we knew the secret of making such pacts uh, with the dead, I think we would all be under much more peace. Yeah, Bond's thing would be like, he doesn't necessarily, he wouldn't be against trying to find a way to make it work, right? Like, he's not sold on the fact that all undead need to die. Yeah. But but it's also the most convenient path. This is definitely a unique situation for all of you. You've really never, especially for somebody like Alaric and Lucian also would be pretty um, maybe taken aback by this. Because you're so used to, like, undead mean, like, opposing force like the enemy side like like just kill on sight and now you're hearing like well, wait a minute you guys just hang like not hang out but um it's just like this agreed upon rule where nobody fucks with each other and just one side hangs out there during the day and their side during the night and that's she's like yeah it's totally normal here so very much a culture shock and a and, and all of you now have, uh, except for Snips, have experienced like going into Krakovar and seeing like this huge war between, you know, undead occupying force and the living. And it's, yeah, it's pretty jarring to, to hear this news. What's the best point of entry? You said we should seek them out during the day still, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. She says definitely uh, going, being at night in the necropolis uh, would be suicide. There would be no safety offered to you, and it is ruled by the dead. There is... Uh, I, I would not... I cannot stop you. Do they shred pe people apart in the city? Do they take them to a prison? What, what, what is it that happens? 
So the necropolis is not the city. Necropolis is a is a, a, a think of it as just this huge cemetery. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just a giant cemetery with with mausoleums and shit in there. But yeah, it's just humongous. Um, and that's that. But it's a walled and everything. Like, it kind of looks like a city basically from the outside. And you go inside, it's like oh, it's just all fucking graves and and urns and mausoleums and stuff, crypts everywhere. But, but yeah, do they, they like eat them in the streets or something? Like, did, did the undead eat the living in the streets or something? She <laughs> she seems to be a little offended by your probing question about like what happens here, as if you're asking like I, I don't know. It, it, it's curious that she's offended by this because it's for the same reason that she's like we wouldn't like go and stab like you know bodies or molest them, um, but. But she says, you know, if any undead were to attack them in the daylight, then they would definitely defend themselves. And and she she kind of makes the fact that, like, well, if we saw undead roaming around, then technically that we'd have to put them down. Um, and for the same reason where if they saw living in the dead, um, depending on which undead found you, you would either be eaten or perhaps, like, you know, turned into a vampire or turned into a thrall or, like, all kinds of things could happen. But basically they just have okay. no say. Like, anything okay. could happen in there. Um but she has never heard of somebody living. It's probably what what ends up happening is the only people that go in there are like the equivalent of like of like horror movie college kids who like bet each other, oh, it's fucking night, let's go to the necropolis, and like none of them come out. <laughs> so it's not a serious thing where anybody ever goes in at night. During the day, it's a it's a frequent occurrence. It's it's treated as just a normal place during the day, except for these last couple uh what did i say two weeks or so um she's been warning people that these problems are cropping up now if you ask about that she will mention that people still you know people are still dying people still <laughs> need like the services of the necropolis so people still uh go in there but there's fewer and fewer and, and she can tell people come back and they may give whispers of seeing things or maybe even somebody was attacked or you know it's just it's happening more frequently to where she's like she's even getting to the point where like gosh she's like wanting to meet with the other families and see if they can like shut the place down or get some like emergency, uh, you know, work something, hire some people. And now you've kind of fallen into her lap. How convenient. So it sounds like we need to get a rest and come back first thing in the morning. Yeah. And she does the usual nice thing. Like, oh, do you have a place to stay and all this stuff? But yeah, you guys are free to uh, trudge your way back. Or she even offers her own place, but you can tell she's not really wanting to do that. But she's doing it as like a "I have to be a good host" kind of a thing. Like, oh, we have plenty of uh, beds to stay at and everything. And and Snips, you are you know you you know the culture and you you automatically know like she's doing this to be nice, but like we would be a huge intrusion if we all just like crashed it at this family's place. Alex fighting the temptation to pop, pop fangs and go. Oh, I'm invited in. Um, but uh I'll I'll say I'll say, you know, we we wouldn't want to impose. We'll we'll be on our way. We appreciate the uh appreciate the offer. She uh she looks relieved. <laughs> yeah. Can you... I do an insight check on make sure that book's real? Sure. <laughs> that twenty. Um you're sure the book is real and it does look like she is willing to part with it. She probably um, overhyped how important it is to her family. You get the feeling it's maybe one of those things that's like sitting on the shelf collecting dust for a while and she doesn't really particularly have any draw to it. 
but you think she is telling the truth that it does actually offer some um unique magical protections against the undead in which they've never um you know needed before in her family and you know in, in the services of uh the necropolis okay thank you yep all right so you guys can go back and finally get a nice long rest at this point you are dog tired going back to uh the the tavern the the inn that uh, snips had found um just absolutely dead on your feet and collapsing into your beds and get a nice well-deserved long rest uh which i may need to bring do i need to pop your tokens on the map so you can actually long rest i think so make it easier yeah so torben will Uh, probably like uh you know his aha moment of like on the walk back and you know look at like uh alaric and lucian and say you better not let people see. Mm. Like, oh. I feel like that's sort of the obvious, but like, you oh. know, Torben being a little bit slower and like it occurring to him. <laughs> oh. Hmm. That complicate. Yeah, that complicates things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, They've got a unique situation with the undead here, for sure. And see Torben putting his hand on Alec's shoulder. No biting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and well, I guess the aside there is, uh, you know, probably going to have to have an explanation discussion with our new friend here if he hasn't noticed already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you. Prob- yeah, I don't think. I don't think I have. I mean, I think from a third person point of view snips has been very much just kind of like slowly following behind when he's following and even when he's leading he's not not entirely uh convinced that he's really a part of this group he's just kind of trying to feel out the party at this point um but you know clearly has no issue stepping in to help out if he feels you're in the right. So. I, I think on the way back, while you guys are having that conversation, Bond's just like, I still don't understand. So like they, they work with them, but they don't work with them. And sometimes they kill them, but sometimes they don't kill them. And like, he's, he's really trying to wrap I, his I, head. I, I turn around and I see him just doing this, like talking to himself motion. And I just keep, pick up the pace pick up the pace bond for once i agree with you i don't understand it either all i heard was if there we see them during the day we can put them down Mm -hmm. that's that's what i can go on right now i got a license to kill Mm -hmm. yep uh so snips can help you guys find your way to a nice uh you know breakfast taco stand or something some equivalent of uh whatever good foods and honestly it's the best rest the best food that uh the rest of you have had for probably over a week right like the shadow realm not a great place for bed and breakfast stuff well i guess you had that one weird i take that back you had that one weird um uh party train yeah Yeah. the caravan thing where you met torben yeah (laughs) where where torben rejoined yeah that was that, that, you still have like fond memories of that and then you have fond memories of the hangover afterwards (laughs) best bartender ever (laughs) This never stops. Never stop filling that drink. Uh, and Bon, you are at this point fully cured of your shadow corruption, much to your disappointment. 
the rest of you see uh, Vaughn is now back to his cheery, regular cobalt hue. His eyes have, uh, I think, shrunken. You had like kind of larger anime eyes, I think, because yeah. of the corruption. And now they've... Black. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they were blacked out. That's right. Uh, going back to a little bit of uh, normalcy uh, here. You feel like just being, literally being out of the Shadow Realm is like just slowly, has slowly brought you back out of it. You're only slightly corrupted. Can, can you uh, describe Snips a little bit, like visually? I might have missed that part. Uh, no, I don't think I did. Uh, so that's that's on me. Um, you see in front of you a cat folk. Well, looks like a rogue clad in this charcoal leather armor that's clearly worn um but maintained you know he he it looks like he's done his own repair work um but it's not shoddy so he he's had experience doing this he wears an equally charcoal colored cloak uh most of the time with the hood up uh and his fur is gray with white sort of patterns um, strewn across. Um, and on his hip, he has a rapier with this ornate silver handle. Um, and if you look closely, you'll see just daggers everywhere else, just <laughs> scattered all over the place. Um, you know, and yeah, green eyes. And it's cat folk? Cat folk. Yeah, cat folk are uh, which. Thank you so much for that, uh, Brandon, for asking. That. And um, the cat folk are native to the Southlands. Um, you've probably, you all have probably seen cat folk before, especially if you're uh, from Zobek or have been to Zobek, which most of you met in Zobek, um, just because everybody's there. Um, but still, you know, a lot more rare than like, uh, you know, even like uh, bear folk and shadow fae would be. Um, but down here, they're a lot more common. All right, so you all make it through the city of Suwal and uh, resume going uh, north along that trail uh, into, and it's morning, daytime, into the necropolis of Suwal. The Grand Necropolis houses thousands of buried and not-so-buried souls. During the day, the Gravebinder families inter and care for the dead maintaining the grounds and performing rites. At night, the ghosts, ghouls, vampires, and other restless dead rise to rule their city of the dead. The dead don't leave the walls. Living aren't permitted inside. The streets are lined with white marble and clay bricks jammed over thousands of tombs, shrines, crypts, statues, and memorials. The Grand Necropolis is an ever-expanding work of art. Uh, you were given two leads. It's up to you which one you want to pursue first. Well, we were told the center to see the gravedigger, and then we were told the western gate. Sounds like we should just start with, oh wait, we're all the way in the south, aren't we? Yep. Yep. Go straight and then hang a left. So the yeah. uh, uh, gravedigger is somewhere over here, and then the uh, matriarch, they said, was over here. Maybe... Maybe before we get into real creepy, we talk to Golemesh. Because she still was, like, real, like, she didn't want to give us a lot of information on that matriarch thing. Mm-hmm. Weren't, we supposed to, weren't we supposed to bring fresh meat? 
depending on how the conversation goes with the grave digger, we might have fresh meat. So <laughs> I'm not sure we didn't forget it. Fawn like looks at snips like from behind. Like, yeah. hmm? <laughs> if you all wanted to purchase anything at the at the stops and stalls, by the way, all, you're definitely available to. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, they'll... pick up uh, pick up some fresh corpses on the way. <laughs> I... Guys, sell corpses here. Uh, Actually, we did back in the alley back there. I know. Oh. I was like, we should have just <laughs> gone and picked them up. <laughs> we did. Have you know, I told you I was going to bring that kid. You guys wouldn't let me put uh, it on as my carry-on luggage. <laughs> I can buy a goat. Uh, let Torben carry it. <laughs> Just buy a goat. Walk up, Torben. <laughs> carry this. I can't walk. I don't know. I I don't want to fight it. Do you want to? Do you want to lead it? It'll yake me all over the place. I can tell you from experience, they don't lead very well. <laughs> How much is a goat, you think? A gold? Three gold? Uh, roll a persuasion check. Let's do some goat haggling. Okay. This is a disadvantage. <laughs> I always, always want to give the bard a chance to show off the persuasion. Hey, are we doing this? Or is this as a group, or is he just doing that? Never mind. Uh, you tell me. Is Yeah. <laughs> Is he going off on his own buying a goat, or has he got the group with him? He's fine. And, uh, he's he, got he, it. He's got he, it under uh, control. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I know a guy. The, the art of negotiation. <laughs> there is, there is no language barrier. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a heated back and forth. But you're you're with somebody who enjoys the art of the negotiation. Um, they will sell you a. They've got one scrawny, sickly goat. They're willing to sell for five silver pieces. Or you can get one, a real nice meaty goat for a single gold piece. It's like the juiciest goat you've seen. Yeah, I'll buy the the juiciest goat. Give <laughs> me your juiciest goat. Huh? <laughs> it doesn't work for dinner. Yeah. All right, you all have... Do we want, do we want this goat alive? Sniff starts pulling out all the daggers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's I have mean, a certain special set of skills with goats. <laughs> I mean, do you know anything about Shafika? I think that's how she pronounced it. Like, I was really having a hard time. Uh, understanding. Your your knowledge of inside the necropolis, Snips, is is uh, the only limited knowledge you have. You yeah. know a lot about Suwal. You knew the Great Binders, but yeah. inside the necropolis, you're kind of lost. Let's, let's uh, just keep it alive to try to keep it as fresh as possible for now. Hey, I. We're beyond my area of expertise, so your guess is as good as mine. Does Bond try to ride it? Uh, I don't think that's a great question. Uh, I think Bond's had experience with probably trying to ride things in the past that he already knows that doesn't go well. So, yeah, no, I don't think he does. That one's an aged experience. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, as you all head north through the necropolis, first it's quite, it's quite the sight. You're not sure to be if you should be reverent or slack jawed, or or what, because it is just rows. And I mean, it's it, I don't know if any of you in real life have been to like the uh, the Arlington National Cemetery or something, but it is a disquieting sight anytime you are in front of just a uh, horizon filling line of graves in front of you. And that is, uh, you don't, you have no connection to these people or their events necessarily, but it looks like just everybody over generations from the city 
has been buried here. You also note that there are uh, signs which are posted very lovingly and engraved on plaques on obelisks that seem to divide the area by like class structure. So it'll be like, here's like the, where the nobles are buried and here's where like the merchant class is buried. So even in death, people are uh, separated and uh, and the uh, the poorest of the poor aren't even included uh, within the walls. They're just all just scattered around, just very haphazard uh, in random places, some even beyond the walls. And mo a lot of those graves have been like knocked over and disturbed. And and you also note there are quite a few places where there's a grave and then there is a buried spot that has clearly been emptied. And that spot is just like an empty-ass grave looking there. And there's quite a few of those around. And normally that would be... You know, you might see like one or two of those because of the logistics of burying people, but clearly there's a lot of these around the area. And as you go north, you all, you even catch a group of mourners dressed in black uh, surrounding what appears to be a young um, acolyte. You can presume they're another grave binder and seem to be performing some kind of a ceremony, you know, uh, arms outstretched and all the mourners have their uh, heads bowed. And it seems like that's kind of a normal occurrence, but... Uh, from what you've also heard, it seems like that's a, a less frequent occurrence. And in fact, you don't see too many other people around as you as you work your way through the area. And there are paths you can stick to. Clearly, there's main paths, which are main walking paths, just like a normal uh, grave site. And then you can step off the path and just go along you know, various areas to get to specific points. Um, Any obvious military graves? Um, there probably is a military class where they would be buried, yes. Okay. Um, you haven't come across those yet. Um, but you follow the directions, and the directions keep you on a main path. And, uh, so far you don't see, you know, you, you still feel, again, a combination of, like, unease and reverence and awe at just being in such a place with so many, with so much dead. Um, it's, it's just... A very strong feeling uh, as you make your way to a, a house that's not a... You know, you've seen a couple mausoleums and crypts of various sizes and structures, and um, some of them are uh, almost brand new. Others look absolutely ancient, so various states of um, weather and repair. And this appears to be just a small clay brick house. Uh, kind of at the end of a little side, well-worn path. But the windows have all been boarded up. And it looks like they've kind of recently been boarded up. And the surrounding foliage, which is not like big palm trees or anything here, but it's, you know, you can tell there's there's tending to like bushes and things to try to make the area look uh, nice. But the area around the house, you can tell there was like a, a nice, what looked like a little garden area and some nice foliage has all been like overgrown and looks like it hasn't been tended to in some time. This gives me like vibes from when we were in Zobek. <clears throat> I feel like what is it? The blacksmith's blacksmith house. Yeah. When you say they're boarded up, is there any like are there gaps through like if it was done half assed, right? Like would it be you know, can I find somehow, some way to like peer in? This looks like uh, a full assed job of of boarding up. Both cheeks were used <laughs> firmly to uh, to see 
steal this window. <laughs> um, yeah, whoever. I, I, I said myself that one. Uh, yeah, I had. I, I worked in a place as a teenager, and I was mouthing off to my boss, and he's wanting me to clean something, <laughs> and I said, "I'll I'll do a half-ass job," and he says. He had the most hilarious Southern gay man voice, and he was like, "Now, Eric, I need you to do a full ass job on cleaning this mess up. You, I need you to use both cheeks on this." I was like, "Okay, <laughs> sir." <laughs> That's a true fucking story about that. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, it is firmly the windows. Like somebody clearly wanted to eliminate all possibility of uh, getting inside this area. Of getting inside this house is that okay there are there no are there any other like homes that are boarded up in that i haven't seen any other houses you, you might have seen a couple like storage type sheds where like people would keep like i don't know tools and things that uh you know the, the grave binders would need or any kind of grave digging things um but in term this is an actual like what looks like a home in the cemetery and you have not seen anything else like that it seems uh seems a little odd that this house is just boarded up. I'll note well, even she... the, even the grave binders do not live in the necropolis. Yeah, which was weird, and something Bond still didn't understand about that either. <laughs> um, well, they said this guy lived here. This this seems like it must be his house. Then maybe right. Well, Farah, Farah, something. She she also said uh, that she wanted us to check up on him. Like that, she hadn't heard from him. Maybe this any, isn't any like, response from the holy robes. Uh, no. I, I mean, Bond walks up and knocks on the door. Um, you hear a loud, deep voice say, "Go away, Golamesh." You don't hear any response. How how high is the roof in this building? Uh, it's it's a it's a one story, but it looks like it's a little bit higher than the average home would be, than the average one story home that you've seen. So maybe uh, twelve or thirteen feet. This is Alaric Veronin, prophet of Wotan. I have traveled from Krakovar to talk with you open the door let's do this the nice way because i do have a bear that can probably kick your door in we're now playing good cop bad cop. you are playing good cop bad cop. <laughs> uh, is the door locked one of the two yes uh one of the two of you can give me a uh either persuasion or intimidation with advantage since you're one of you is assisting the other, essentially, with the good cop back. I'll let routine. you. I'll let you. You started, Bond. Go ahead. I'm going to do in, uh, persuasion since I was trying sure. to. Good cop. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the bard loves the persuasion. Um, you feel it. You hear and feel the ground shake, like thump, thump, and the voice sounds closer to the door. It says, "No, dead." Bon feels bad suddenly for some reason. Uh, Define dead. <laughs> you, you're not the dead. 
Alec, put your mask on. Uh, <laughs> no dead. <laughs> I don't need a mask. I can just pop fangs. I'm really scared. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, when you say that, the you you see you you hear the bolts like unlock, and the doorway creaks open. And inside reveals a hulking brute of a figure with rocky, brownish, reddish skin and thick arms the size of a man that end in sharp claws. But the face on this character is one of nervousness and apprehension as he sees all of you. He says, Ooh. Who are you? I'm Bon Me from the free city of Zobek. Uh, and he'll just turn to each person to let them introduce themselves. So we're here. Thra asked us to check on you. Thra so nice to Golemesh kindness. I've not seen her. Her too much dead around. Ulamesh. Hide in house. Safer. Have they tried to attack you? No. Uh, no. He thinks for a second. Mm, might have looked mean. Un friendly it should not be any dead during the day that is the law Skip mm. uh, seeing them around scare Golemesh uh, dead uh, should be dead during the day I agree yeah that sounds terrible <laughs> that should be dead all the time um, <clears throat> dead is better but Golemesh is okay. Stay safe in house. Seal up tight. He leans closer. At night, hear them scratching. Hear them clawing at door. Did they always claw at your door at night or just recently? No. No. Leave Golemesh alone. Golemesh sleep. Peacefully. Do you know why they're cranky lately? He looks just sad. He says, no. Did Golemesh do something wrong? Well, I'm thinking, was somebody different buried here in the last two weeks? Like a someone from out of town or... Someone was buried with something maybe two weeks ago. He tries to think. Um, roll a persuasion check, Elric. Now you're playing good cop. <laughs> One second, make sure I don't have advantage on just normal. I don't want to use predatory charm on him, so I'll mm -hmm. just roll straight. Um, he thinks for. A minute as it gets kind of a far off uh, stare. He says, uh, 
Don't recall any specific incident. Can't remember when started, but um, I did uh, see uh, one of the ghouls uh, roaming around graves, uh, citizens' graves. I'm sure it was ghoul. Not see during the day. Should not be walking around during the day. It was causing quite a fright to some people. They ran screaming. Oh, Gulamesh also ran. He looks sad. You did the right thing. I'm glad you're safe. He, with a massive claw, he just kind of traces, like, just, aim, you know, aimlessly in the sand. And <laughs> Is he, like, an earth elemental? Uh, no, you don't think so. Um, let's see, what are our rules for figuring out what the hell things are? Uh... If you want to give me a history or nature check, you can try to figure out what the hell he is. Uh, does Rai have any particular history that's better than a three? <laughs> no. no, just one. <laughs> but I'm just I'm, going for it. I've got nature, but okay. No, you did fine. Yeah, you did fine. Oh, look at that. Uh, and, and Snips, um, you would probably recognize what this creature is as well. Um, this is a desert troll. So it's a variety of troll that is specifically evolved and acclimated to the desert region. Um, it's got like almost hard rocky skin. It uh, is impervious to like fire and really doesn't care about the sun. Um and oddly, it's so acclimated to the desert, its weakness is water. Cold. Oh, water. Water, yeah. Because you're looking at this, it, it, you know, and he literally looks like he sealed himself in this, like, house for a lengthy amount of time. Um, and his claws are not just for show. He's got these giant arms and claws. Look like they would be able to burrow and dig and obviously, you know, do some pretty nasty damage. Um, and yeah. desert trolls are also... Um, known for being a little more, well, a little less like just chaotic nonsense that a troll would be. Um, a lot of them, because of their unique physiology, have learned to uh, acclimate in or uh, to uh, kind of blend in with um, civilization and perform certain duties uh, and just kind of be a part of society, I guess. So it's not quite unheard of. Um, bon, you've heard of this just with your history, and Snips, you would know that this is the case. It's still, even to you, Snips, it's still shocking to actually see one like this. You, you, you know, you weren't expecting it, and you've probably, although you may have heard of this, you've never probably actually seen a desert troll um, that was, like, this close to civilization and, and just wanting to, like, talk with folks, and it appears to have a, a pretty, uh, almost childlike, fearful countenance. Galler, uh, Alaric, you guys notice he's he's actually definitely toned down his his rhetoric and his tone of voice has softened dramatically. Mm -hmm. And you're seeing something like compassion come over Alaric 
And he goes, I understand just wanting to do your job and being afraid. I don't mean to be forward, but do you drink alcohol by any chance? <laughs> as soon as I don't s- know your customs here. Yeah, as soon as you say the word drink, his uh, his uh, claws cl- uh, ref- uh, reflexively like clench into a fist on the ground, and he like snaps his head up in a worried, in a worried uh, way. And uh, both Bon and Snips, you would know this is uh, you, you probably water, would know about the water, desert water. troll's weaknesses. Well, I said alcohol, so not water, but I was wondering if I could give you a Well, gift. Alaric wouldn't know either, unless you guys be. are, that's what I'm saying, you wouldn't necessarily know that information unless the rest of you are sharing that right. with him. Yeah. I was offering, seeing that reaction, it was like, yeah. I was just going to offer you a gift, because I remember what it's like to try to do a job and have the undead come and scare you. I, I think... Uh... I'm going to guess that they don't probably like liquids. Okay. As you want to. And that, help. since he's picked up the new the new amulet, he would take off his holy symbol and hand it to him. Maybe this will help and give you some courage. It's helped me in the past. Uh, he, he holds out his claws and looks at it gingerly and kind of touches it. Says you give Golamesh? Yes. It's brought me much courage in my time. Maybe it will help you as well. He, uh. You know, trace in the, using prestidigitation, trace the sign of Wotan and to give him a blessing. It's not, it's just, it's more of a artificial courage. Yeah. It, there's no magic behind it, but it's a. Sign, it's uh, it's magical for him, though. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it glows, and he his kind of eyes uh, light up, and he looks up at you and says, "This is great gift, Golamesh. Thanks. You you give great gift of courage to Golamesh." Uh, Alaric, you can definitely have a point of inspiration. Um, and he he the the whole language of the troll relaxes, and says. Greatest gift would be to, and he pauses if you're trying to find the words, heal this place. Golamesh likes his job, likes this place. Want to go back as it was before, not be afraid, not see the dead, not have the People afraid. Well, you've given us a very good hint of what the problem is. And we thank you very much for your time. And if all goes well, things will be right right again. Soon. You should speak with the matriarch. Uh, She knows everything that goes on. In the necropolis, uh, she always nice to Golemesh too, but not as nice as you. You now Golemesh's <laughs> bestie friend. Thank oh, you very much. Golemesh give you, and he goes back, and you see him open a trunk, and in this trunk is a 
macabre collection of bones of various sizes and shapes and types. And he seems to like pick through a little bit and kind of pick and hesitate. And then he gets out, um, uh, what would be like the, just a, a cool bone thing for, for Alaric to, to have is, well, I've got a femur that's my bass flute. So if I can get one a little bit smaller, we'll just, you know, go with that. <laughs> All right. He gives out a perfectly chiseled, uh, femur that looks like, uh, it is a very treasured possession. It says, uh, Ooh, Golemesh, you find treasure sometimes, uh, never steal. But sometimes find it littered on ground. Oh, this this one of best pieces. He kind of does this weird thing where he just loves this mm-hmm. loves this piece of bone. And he hands it to you as reverently as you handed him your holy symbol. He hands you this <laughs> length of bone. Takes it and just Albert just gives a very somber bow. Yeah, I will treasure this. Thank you. He looks satisfied. So, please uh, help heal this place and Golemesh go back to work. One last question. Do you know what the matriarch is? Is she human? Like I am? (laughs) He chuckles and says, Humans do not live in Necropolis. It is not safe place. Oh, matriarch is Gypso's Sphinx. She rules the roost. <laughs> Alec just nods, has no idea what he just yeah. said. Yeah. Just nods. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> this is going to get weirder. I appreciate it. <laughs> Something I've never heard of. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I know why we have a goat. Okay. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Hey, the troll kind of looks a little lovingly at the goat over there. You're going to eat that goat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, otherwise he uh, looks like a much happier desert troll. Uh but otherwise, he will close and rebolt that door <laughs> in the house. Snips, have you ever seen something like that? Is this like, do they just walk around? As far as I know, that's what I've heard. Yeah, I, I'm just having a lot of culture shock. Right? There's there's a lot of new experiences that it's a, a little much for this old man <laughs> i don't like change <laughs> a lot of change <laughs> there is there is a lot but i believe you guys have a a job to do i think it's best we stay on track don't tell Ooh. me what to do <laughs> what <laughs> i'm merely yeah. suggesting uh, I'll look at Ryan like, get a load of this guy. Like, what is <laughs> <laughs> I'm pouring my heart the balls here. on this one. This guy. He's telling me to suck it up. <laughs> Ryan starts walking with the goat. <laughs> <laughs> Having a deep, meaningful conversation. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so you, you've been in Samoa long? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like long walks in the desert. Long walks on the desert. Nice. Uh, so you were you were given a, I guess you have one lead, and then another lead you got from Golamesh was that he saw a, uh, what do you say, a, a ghoul roaming around mm -hmm. near the citizens' graves. To the south. Yeah, and then Farah had told you to seek out uh, the matriarch Shafika, and then Golamesh also even mentioned talking to uh, the matriarch as well. But it does sound like we have a Darakul problem. What would it be? Would it be looking for a, a particular person, you think? Or would it be looking for, like, more thralls? It's like a vampire thing, though, isn't it? It's caused trouble. It's another free city. Do you, do you use the necropolis instead of the sewers or the catacombs under Zobek? Same thing, different location. Same shit, different day. What do you think, Torben? Should we check out the area by the graves and see if we can find clues there? Or go straight to the Gypsum Sphinx? Seems like two people said we should go to this matriarch. But if we wanted to kill things... Or kill things again... <laughs> I I think the matriarch. I agree. Maybe, maybe she can give us information on the ghoul walking around. We have to go one way out. Uh, I think Raya's already been taken off that way. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, with, with the goat, Ryan the goat, <laughs> already gone. Yeah, and you can see in the distance, it's not a very, I, I think I made this map to scale, which is uh, the only map available, which is why it's a little, uh, not the best resolution, because it'll blow it up a little bit, but um, it's not the biggest area. It's, it's uh, you know, not even a mile across. So it's, I mean, for a cemetery, it's still intimidatingly large, but, um, you know, it's not like a super long city-wise. So in other words, it doesn't take you like forever to just get over to another uh Area, but it, even from your position, you can see a rising tower in the distance over in the western area, and that's where everybody pointed on your map is where uh, the matriarch resides. So you all uh, head over in that direction, um, and after, and you don't really spot anybody else. Like maybe in the distance, you might see some folks, um, but it seems pretty empty even for the middle of the day for such a big cemetery. You, you get the feeling maybe the rumors have started spreading more and more that the place is more dangerous and people aren't hanging around and uh you think about this as an explosion of sand suddenly whips up um all around you and begins slicing around with uh malevolence and even attempting to choke your airways as you hear this creeping rasping sound and you think you see figures um shadowy figures floating amongst the sand and I think we will deal with that next time as we bring an end <laughs> to our episode of what? Empire of the Ghouls. Thank you to <laughs> Ahmed, Brandon, Christopher, John, and Stan for playing. Thank you to all the patrons 
for helping make these awesome sessions happen. Shouts to Planet Patrons, Joe, Will, Thomas, Stan, Brandon, Zenocider, Eclectic, Roleplay Roll, Christopher, Corey, Big Nut, John F., John L., Scott, Eric, Tyler, Nathan, Cap, Crystal, Counselor, Andrew, Dell, the Reldren, Captain Woody, 79, Stephanie, Andy, Patrick, Jason, Ismail, Ahmet, Lumpy, Spuds, and Gold Patrons, RBG, Paper Graphs, Freeboy, and Yuma, The Lizard Lounge, Sam, Jerome, Nathan, Fazakatorda, Scott, Revis, Carolyn, Jerry, Thomas, and Glenn. Thank you all very much for your support. I will see all of you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Hey guys. Hang around a little bit, Ahmed. We always chat after too. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be right back. I'm just gonna.